Blog Talk Radio. So don't you will you 
grandfather and your white great-grandfather sold my great-grandfather and your white grandfather raped my grandmother and your father stole, cheated, lied and robbed my father. What kind of a fool would I have to be to say, come, my friend, to the white daughter and son? Good evening, America. This is your president. Please listen carefully to the announcement I'm about to make. After careful consideration and research, Vice President Duke, Congress, and myself have concluded that black people have not advanced technologically. Their educational testing scores are on a rapid decline. The vast majority of them are on welfare and producing babies at a faster rate than they can support them. And we will not carry them anymore. We are left with no other choice but to put slavery back into effect. All blacks will report to the designated camps in their area to receive further orders. The only blacks excused will be those serving in the United States military and the police. Any blacks who do not cooperate will be terminated immediately. I repeat, slavery is back in effect. We at war! That's what I told you. I know you heard what the president said, and if the nigga don't move, then he's dead. It's time for us to take the stand. Woman to woman and man to man. Blood pressure through your veins, you feel the fear. Who'd have thought that it could happen here? In the land of the free, home of the brave. The year's 95, you're a slave. The black 
and unification of Africa under a all-African socialist society. Welcome to Africa on the Moon. As your host, Brother Africa, we may not give you what you want, but we'll do our best to give you what you need. We come to speak to the powerful and the powerless. And today, in today's program, we will discuss the theme Burkina Faso and Africa needs her children. We invite you to come and join us by dialing in at 323-679-0841 as we discuss this particular critical issue, as well as we hope to have two important guests to arrive. During this program, we invited Sister Zelie Dante of Haiti, as well as Brother Paul Sankaro on the Burkina Faso. So those are two special guests that will be on here later. But like in the meantime, you know, always, the way we start our party is to always introduce our political panelists and analysts for today's program. So let's get started with our party. We first would like to bring in and recognize Brother Haki, a member and representative for the African Awareness Association. Welcome to Africa on the Move, Brother Haki. Uh, thanks for helping me, Brother Brother Africa. My name is Haki Kamafi Mishoki. Currently, of course, I'm with African Awareness, but, you know, one thing, Brother Africa, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, when we talk about the uniqueness of organization, I think we have to acknowledge certain realities in terms of society. Uh, one of the things is this notion that we are truly free. I think the more you look at the, you analyze the situation in society, then this question in terms of being free is really uh, anachronistic. It really doesn't exist. Uh, it's something, that, something that's being concocted by those positions of power, but you actually look at it in terms of all those barometers that indicate whether or not you're free uh, doesn't exist, or they exist on a very minimum level. So the question of being free uh, continues to be a real issue. But anyway, Brother Africa, having said that, I want you to check this out. Peter Kornick stated, quote, propaganda tells us not to look up unless we forego our comfort and may see reality that we have ignored for the past few hundred years of human history, end quote. <clears throat> Nowhere else ignorance more prescient than our lack of understanding in regard to freedom. In the U.S., many originators of the U.S. Constitution view freedom in relation to wealth. Wealthy people are inherently more free because of their wealth. This exact premise is stated in the preamble of the U.S. Constitution protecting the rights of the wealthy. Now, this narrow definition of free was contested by many in academia with varying levels of success, but ultimately ruling elites were able to fashion misinformation essentially supporting uh, their version of freedom. Freedom will come to be defined in capitalist terms as individual freedoms. Now, this individual freedom will set the stage for attacks on universal freedoms in in the Western world with devastating impact on free speech throughout the planet. Now, in the U.S., the denial of freedom is concealed in, in excuse me, bureaucracy, where legality is crafted to undermine free speech, starting out as subtle, using a corporate strategy to prevent free speech, utilizing expensive corporate proceedings to discourage activists, journalists, and media outlets from exposing corporate crimes, has now mushroomed into government litigation and government laws and policy to prevent citizens' right to First Amendment protections of speech, freedom of the press, and the right to challenge government for perceived abuse of constitutional rights. Now, while government under undermining freedoms is pervasive with the systems of the far-right Supreme Court, 
The more insidious campaign to erode collective freedoms stems from the intelligence community. Under the revision of the Domestic Terrorist Prevention Act in 2023, terrorism is increasingly being defined as what you think, not what you do. This is no mere hyperbole. Ratified into law, Section 30 of the National Defense Opposition Act maintains not only is certain information proscribed or forbidden by government, but goes a step further, mandating social media platforms censor all views in conflict with the official established narrative of the government. The act further states not only are social media platforms compelled <clears throat> to censor ideas, but such platforms are legally protected against being sued for violations of the First Amendment, Amendment protections. Ironically, these government-sanctioned takedowns or censorship of content does not include validating racism in the military, nor attacks on the tra transgender care, or attacks on reproductive rights. Interestingly, all these exempted topics appear to align with right-wing narratives and political embrace of many people in power. How else can it be explained? Now, viewing this phenomenon as strictly as a U.S. ordeal would be a mistake. Right-wing billionaires and their corporations control the world globally, and with the emergence of progressive speech, they are not happy. In Australia, for example, desperation of losing control has resulted in the introduction of draconian laws determining what speech is permissible and what speech shall be criminalized. In the case of David McBride, a former military lawyer, exposing Australia military war crimes in Australia, sorry, war crimes in Afghanistan, elicited a sharp rebuke from government officials upholding what officials perceived as informational release of information the public should not be privy to. An interesting position to take for the alleged democracy concerned about public interest affairs. Ironically, following a strategy similar to the U.S., officials, <coughs> the officials to, excuse me, ironically, following strategy similar to the U.S., officials in Australia preventing awareness among its people, Australia apparently has ventured toward a similar path. Now, like U.S. legislation, Australia leaders advocate digital platforms should be required to police to police misinformation and, dis and disinformation online. The bill would specifically require monitoring hate speech, speech disrupting public order, and broadly casting dispersions on local and national government institutions, or in other words, making government look bad. Aside from the implicit censorship, the bill aims to dis dismiss any notion of an inefficient government. Any criticism of government refusal to address racism, policy that foments mass discontent among the people, and the unintended consequences of policy put forth are off limits with the perception patriotic citizens would never complain. Now, the de facto intent of the proposal is anyone who complains is the enemy, deserving the government monitoring and their views stricken from public discourse. Now, the burden of, excuse me, the burden of censorship greatly impacts society. Without free speech, the possibility of even a pretense of democracy is impossible. Individuals we call upon to investigate and keep power in check are indispensable in a society truly committed to egalitarian ideas or the greatest good for the greatest number of people. It is no accident journalists find themselves targets of corporations and the welfare who like to conceal abuses of humanity and the implicit harm it entails. Julian Assange stands out as a symbol exposing the length to which Western powers, specifically U.S., would go in an attempt to sanitize their misdeeds. However, Julian Assange's <clears throat> While unique in stature, is not unheard of in the annals of threats handed out to journalists. British freelance journalist Matt Bloomfield was detained by U.S. counter-terror police at the airport for five hours. Bloomfield, who covered Kurdish-controlled Syria, allegedly was asked by U.K. authorities if its reporting and opinions were objective 
about the British state. Apparently, under British revamped definition of extremism, anyone who undermines British institutional values, thereby inadvertently undermining British system of democracy, is considered a terrorist, even if they committed no terrorism. <clears throat> and this, and this was no end in sight. Now, threats against journalists are becoming more blatant. In, the, in lieu of the Terrorism Act of 2000 in the UK, and its focus on monitoring, monitoring speech, the projections are not favorable that President established a control of speech through counterterrorism terror programs will abate or end anytime soon. If history is any indication, such methods of censorship will become more complex and more pervasive. For further clarification, uh, Operation Project proved controversial initially, only to be embraced totally by UK intelligence community. Indications are other countries' intelligence agents will follow a similar path, normalizing what is essentially terroristic imitation of the population. Indeed, France news agencies can, can attest to the spread of in, in, interrogative tactics by law enforcement agencies that embrace <clears throat> the, the, the implicit denial of free, free flow of information at any cost. Now, in France, journalist Ariane Leviot was investigated by French intelligence DGSI over an over the article written two years prior. The article backed by documents disclosed in the dis disclosed journal, Operation Surrey out of Egypt, manipulated French military to participate in murdering alleged smugglers on the Libyan border. Even though the documents presumably out of Egypt proved authentic, it did not matter. Government motivation had nothing to do with terrorism, but more to do with sending a message to journalists and their purported obligation to government to hide all information shining a light on France's human rights abuses. Leading journalists in France maintained Government abuses go even further. They reason two penetrating facts. One, government actions were to discredit the journalist source and as a peripheral matter, turn up the heat on potential leakers of classified information. And two, discourage publication of any public interest story that the government potentially uh, disapproves of. Now, there should be no doubt the power of the small cabal of wealthy individuals in the world are controlling what speech can and cannot enter the public sphere. If the masses of people succumb to these strategies of censorship, the possibility of obtaining genuine freedom is but a pipe dream. Even more heinous, if elites can dictate what is said, how long thereafter will it be before they insist we think as, as elites do by programming humans via chip implants? Technology innovations of the Bill Gates Foundation already envision this possibility is not far away. Now, for anyone who thinks that this possibility in terms of the evolution of trans Human uh, doesn't exist, should understand. By censoring speech, you make the possibility of the creation of transhuman become that much more viable. And with that, and with, with having said that, Brother Africa, I'll conclude. Thank you, Brother Haki. Next, we will make our transition to Brother Anthony. He's a organizer for the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC, and we would like to welcome him to Africa on Move. Welcome, Brother Anthony. Yes, Brother Anthony. Uh, hello? Yes, Brother yeah. Anthony. Mike is uh, uh, Revolutionary greetings. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. 
objectivist pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Thank you, Brother Anthony. And from Brother Anthony, we would like to welcome Brother Moses. He's a member of the D.C. Metro Coalition in solidarity with the Cuban Revolution. We'd like to welcome him as well to Africa on the Moon. Welcome, Brother Moses. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. And greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice, especially the illustrious panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism, the father of scientific socialism, during a government class in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that women hold up half the sky, therefore from the Equal Rights Amendment, ERA, yes. We don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice, and I vote. I bear with, I, I hope that uh, we can uh, unite the many and defeat the few, that we can unite to overcome our differences and unite in a struggle to overcome this political economy called capitalism. And it's, we have to struggle on all fronts against all forms of injustice. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And to our listening audience, this is After the Move on the 19th day of November, 2023. And our theme tonight is Burkina Faso and Africa Needs Her Children. Yes, we will discuss that theme and other important events as we proceed at this point in time. We're going to take a revolutionary culture break, and then when we come back, we hope to have our sister on, Sister Zelly, where we're going to talk about Haiti and the significance of this weekend as relate not only to the Haitian people in Haiti, but to all African people in the world. So don't you go nowhere. This is Africa on the Move.
We welcome you back to Africa on the Move. This has been a very special weekend, and we want to share that with you today, right now, on why this weekend has been a very special one. You know, we have great people. We have a great history. And we must understand that and know that. And one of the things Africa on the Move want to do today is give our love, our props, our our understanding, our, all the good things to our brothers and sisters in Haiti and to Haiti for being a good example of what it means to be a people who love their freedom and will fight for their freedom by any means necessary. Yesterday was a special day, not only for Haiti and Haitian people, but should be a special day for all African people. And this is one reason why we invited our special guest, one of our special guests today, to come and talk to us about what's going on in Haiti, the significance of the event that took place yesterday historically, politically, and more importantly, what's going on in Haiti in terms of actions that have been taken to raise the ante as another means of Haitian people continue to fight for their liberation and their liberation of freedom. And to do that today with us, we are always honored to have with us our sister Izeli Danto. She's a Haitian. She's a political organizer. She's an artist. She's many things. But what we're going to do for those who may have never heard of our sister, Sister Izeli, we'd like to welcome you to Africa on the Moon. And, you know, if you can, uh, just get us a little synopsis of uh, who Sister Izili is for our listening audience who may not know of your work <laughs> and what you do. Yes, so uh, honor and respect, honor and respect to your entire audience. Brotherly, thank you for inviting me. Yes, so I run the Free IT Movement and um, the Ezeli Network, the Haitian Lawyers Leadership Network. So yesterday was uh, November 18th. Um, that is the final 220 years ago on today, like November 19th, the French uh, officially surrendered after a 13-year war to win our independence. And um, I don't have like a lot of time right now because I do have a couple of other interviews that was pre- previously um, arranged um, because of the events that I do every year for this Vertier battle, but I want to come here quickly to let you guys know that if you go to my website at EZLIDAMTAL.com, I'm a human rights lawyer, um, you will find, mm, I just actually translated into English, the act of surrender by Napoleon's um, general today. So you can find that on our website. You can also find on our website, please kindly circulate it amongst all your media people, the press release that we have with regards to lawsuits we've brought against the illegitimate IET government uh, put in by the United States and these uh, core group of nations, former enslavers that we actually beat 220 years ago who refused to leave us alone, who have come back and have been occupying us since the bicentennial in 2004. 
Those nations, are, they call themselves the core group. They all are enslavers, former enslavers who still do it now by other names. But uh, you all know Germany um, decided uh, to do the, uh, I think, 1884 Berlin Conference where they chopped up Africa into different pieces. You, so that's one of the core groups. We have France, um, whose Napoleon we beat 220 years ago, who um, was enslaving our grand-grands on the island of Haiti, the first place that the pedophile Columbus got to, raped the Tainos, and then kidnapped Africans and brought them to labor for the well-being of the Hispanic and the French. So the Spanish and the French are part of the core group today. And then you have, of course, the United States, the superpower of the world right now, who did not abolish slavery until about 60 years after Jean-Jacques Dessalines and Agbagdaya Toya, his mother, the Dahomean warrior, had abolished slavery in Haiti on this day, um, 220 years ago, at Vercher, that battle. Well, who else do you have in the core group? France, Canada, the United States, Germany, Spain, and Brazil, of course. You all know Portuguese were transporting our people like they were uh, nothing to Brazil. And that's still the biggest place where you find blacks in the Western Hemisphere. So these nations have come together as one mafia, one group, um, to whiten Haiti because we are just not white enough. We're too African. And they have been pummeling us, and we've been pretty much alone except for people like Brother Lee and a few other folks. But this is not the time of, um, you know, Randall Robinson or other places where you had like the Black Caucus where like some sort of a, a progressive group. No, no, these people are all part of the... NGOs being funded by the enemy, and so we are alone and we fight back. So the lawsuit that we are bringing with our team in IET is against the de facto government. Um, Like I said, I don't have too much time because I have an interview coming up, but you all can watch the interview I did last night. Please, it's on my website. It's also on um, my YouTube channel where you see... Dessalines, our founding father, the greatest hero who ever lived, the man who abolished 220 years ago with the Battle of Vercher. Um, slavery, direct colonialism, uh, the slave trade, forced assimilation, systematic rape, and uh, created this empire he calls IUT. So um, Vercher was the final battle, and um, we always celebrate this victory, even if we do it alone and uh, with, you know, the black world ignoring this battle, except for people like Brother Lee. But it was the place where um, Napoleon's greatest armies was rendered asunder. <laughs> I can tell you that the finest scene at uh, Vercher is that Wochambeau had to ask for peace from the guy that he promised he was going to feed to the dogs, that he would drown if he found, that he would castrate if he found. And when 
on this day. You guys can go ahead and read it now. You have the opportunity to read it. Go to my website. It's on there. It's called the Act of Capitulation. Um, he had to essentially kneel in front of Desaline, this African warrior raised by an um, Dahomian warrior named Agbadaraya Toya since he was a baby. She, she was the midwife who gave him birth. She was the one that taught him how to fight hand-to-hand combat as a child, and he became the greatest hero to ever live. But her name is Invisible. And so we give her visibility. We hope that you will too. We hope that you will watch um, the events as I explain them. I have done uh, a teaching on Vecher since the Neanderthals came back in 2004. So there's 19 years of of stuff that you have out there. If you don't know, have no excuse for not knowing. Just go to my website, go to the Ezeli Danta um, uh, event, I mean, excuse me, uh, YouTube channel, and you can get yourself an education. You can find out about the Maroons who fought back. You can find out about um, who the generals were, how they fought back, how at the very end, you know, they sat on top of the, of the forts built by the French and watched as the French had to go um, out into the ocean and said to them, we hope you all drowned. Because they had actually, that was their practice, was drowning Haitian uh, soldiers in the last year of the fight. And so they wished that their that the ocean would take them. Um, but uh, Rochambeau and all his troops that uh, Desalines let go, um, they ran right into the hands of the British, who was having a war with the French. And Rochambeau ended up in nine years in prison in a um, British gulag prison. Um, meanwhile, Desalines and Agbagayatoya and the army, the indigenous army, celebrated celebrated getting rid of these rapists, these murderers, these these guys who were doing, who were, they used to, um, in the last year of the fight, um, Wochambeau, you know, he brought in dogs from um, Cuba. He, uh, he had a ball at one point. Um, he hated the mulattoes. He had a ball at one point in, um, in Capaïtien, and uh, the ridiculous bourgeois Haitians who thought they were free and so forth, those uh, that came to his party, he handed them, the women, the heads of their husbands as a party prize. That's who he was. That's who the French were. And now they're back, and we are fighting back since 2004. They had brought the UN, and now they're trying to find a racial front to return um, with Kenya, and um, that's what the lawsuit is about. There's a press release that you guys can share. The complaint is also online on my website. Please do read it. I have translated it in English, so you have it in there. And that's what I can say. I, You have everything you need. Go to my website, and you will find the complaint against uh, the current de facto dictatorship Haitian government. You will find the press release that I beg you to please circulate you will find the video of what I did yesterday as a teach-in. But right now I did that in English, so for those English speakers, please, you have that. 
Right now I have to go do the same thing, but I have to do it in Haitian language. So thank you, Brother Lee, for giving me the opportunity to be here for a moment. So, so Isilda, real quickly, can you give out your website to the folks? Website address. E-Z-I-L-I-D-A-N-T-O dot com. dot com. Thank you, Brother Lee. And we thank you, sir. Continue to struggle. And anytime you need something, we there with you. And to say hello to honor, 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 honor to you. Honor and respect. I thank so. you, Brother Lee. Bye-bye. Yeah, I just heard Sister Izzelli Danto. She spoke to you in the capacity as a continuation of our freedom fighters. African people all over the world is fighting for that liberation. It is one in many countries that is being victimized and oppressed by the international capitalist system. But we must remember that we as African people as Brother Marcus Garvey stated earlier, we are one people with one aim, one goal, one destiny. And this is why it's very important for us to become conscious, conscious of our worldly day, the conditions of our people. But understand, it's only one struggle. All these struggles are connected as one. We are African people. And once we know that once Africa is unified, liberated, socialist, you know, wherever African people are, they'll be able to be respected and be protected as a free people. But again, our brothers and sisters in Haiti have a great history. Their history, our history, we must learn it. And always remember, when you see a brother or a sister from Haiti, remember, we are one. So on that note, what we're going to do right now, we continue to move forward. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go to our political panelists and analysts, and relax, and we'll briefly learn something about what's going on in our world and the community, and hopefully shortly it'll be followed by our theme today, discussion on Burkina Faso and Africa needs searchers. You are listening to Brother Africa, and this is Africa on the Move. Living in pain, today is the same, and nothing ever changes. Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know. I must be strong to last through my journey, yeah, to last through my journey, yeah. Time will arrive when we must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. We must prepare and learn how to care, but soon we'll be there while our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be. 
that I've been here and made it through my journey. Yeah, and made it through my journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Made it through my journey. Made it through my journey. Hellerino. A bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun, pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be, to know that I've been here, and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah. If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. 
They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine. Needs, our needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom. Needs Palestine, Palestine needs our love. Needs there seems to be no answer to give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth. Take a stand for justice, that's what we've got to do. Cause Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs, our love. needs our love. People of all countries, of every race and creed, we need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed. Plant the seed of love and let that love seed grow. Plant the seed for everyone so all the world will know that Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine. Needs her freedom, needs her freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love. Thank you. We'd like to welcome you back to Africa on the Moon. What we're going to do right now is wait for our brother, uh, Brother Paul. Sankari, to come on board. We're going to talk just brief a little bit with our political panelists analysts to discuss what's going on in our world and in our community. So, Brother Haki, we'll start off you. There's a few minutes of what's going on in your world and the community. Well, you know, Brother Africa, you know, one of the things that's just a constant, the more things change, the more they remain the same. The kind of insanity that permeates, you know, that permeates, you know, the society is, is astounding. It's, you know, it's nothing short of astounding. Uh, here recently, you know, the Department of Defense had um, approached the Congress about funding a, a, a nuclear weapons uh, program. Now, not just any nuclear program. They're talking about creating an atomic, a, a nuclear weapon, which is 25, 24 times more powerful than the atomic weapon that they, 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 they bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki with. And so when we talk about the difference between 360 kilotons, uh, which they're proposing, 
to just 15 kilotons in Hiroshima, then we get an idea in terms of just how powerful they're talking about in terms of, you know, creating this this this, um, this uh, very, uh, this nuclear weapon. Uh, and, and here's the irony, though. So when you think about in terms of the creation of such a powerful, you know, a powerful weapon, you you got to, you, one of the things, you know, a couple of things. I think, one, you have to be concerned about, you know, storage of nuclear waste. Uh, the United States has a very, very big problem in terms of storing the nuclear waste. In fact, Nevada historically has been used to conceal much of the nuclear waste in America. And even even now, uh, the storage bins in, in Nevada themselves haven't, haven't been sufficient in terms of actually being a, a, a repositor of accepting, you know, large amounts of nuclear waste. And given the fact that this nuclear waste is very, very uh, corrosive and which lasts for tens of thousands of years, then you're talking about creating even more powerful nuclear weaponry, which means that when we talk about uh, uh, the corrosive nature of nuclear uh, nuclear waste, and we talk about creating the nuclear uh, waste that's even more powerful, then clearly it poses real, real. I think I think there's no way no way around it, but it poses real strategic problems in terms of U.S. just in terms of being able to store that stuff without it having an adverse impact on the population at large. And so, but it speaks to the kinds of um, the kind of insanity that exists in the minds of so many people in the society, particularly among the leadership, who are willing to to to, to create that kind of harm. You know, uh, you know, not just uh, to the United States, but to the world in general. Also, I think one of the things you have to consider, Brother Africa, is you know, um, you know, one of the real real fears is that you know, even though Queen's weaponry is primary, it probably has more to do in terms of strategy than anything else. In, in other words, if you convince other nations around the world that you have this capability, then you can simply intimidate them in terms of you know doing what you want them to do. But the problem is that, given the fact that when we have a, when we have the emergence of so many facets and positions of power in the society, the possibility remains that one of these facets who rise to power in the United States actually use that weaponry as, as a solution to the problems that the United States finds itself confronted with. And we all should be very much concerned about that. And lastly, Brother Africa, I think, keep in mind, I think when you innovate this very powerful nuclear weaponry, we've got to understand that other nations are not going to simply stand by and allow you to get that, that, that kind of advantage, strategic advantage. They, too, are going to uh, innovate very powerful nuclear weaponry, which means that ultimately, you know, if, if for whatever reason any nation decides to use a very powerful nuclear weaponry, it means not just the, 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 the devastation of the planet, but essentially, it means the end of the planet. Uh, so, so clearly, you know, this kind of this kind of insanity that's running amok, you know, I think is coming upon people to really understand, you know, just how insane, you know, uh, just how insane the system is. And, uh, and if we don't do something in terms of really beginning to address and understand what the issues are in terms of this insanity, then one thing is clear that these people who are insane are going to make decisions which not only insane but potentially destructive to the planet at large. So clearly, I think the mass of the people have to work, we have to work cut off for us in terms of trying to figure some way in terms of nullifying or at least undermining their attempts at building such such weaponry. To the extent that we are possible, uh, we have there's an opportunity to save the planet. To the extent that we don't, it doesn't bode well for humanity generally. And I'll close with that. Thank you, Brother Haki. Next, we'll go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community? Okay, uh, let's see the uh, the uh, the struggle against uh, neocolonialism is intensifying worldwide. 
even in even in in, in in the belly of the beast inside the U.S. by the uh, uh, there are numerous demonstrations uh, expressing solidarity with the Palestinians in their struggle against Zionist forces, and this is happening everywhere. And, uh, you know, and uh, let's see, and more and more Africans around the world are starting to to understand uh, the connection between uh, the the Palestinian struggle and our struggle for for, uh, genuine liberation. And, uh, you know, and uh, the struggle is intensifying everywhere, and people are getting more and more fed up with neocolonialism, the primary form in which imperialism manifests itself in the diaspora and at home in Africa. And uh, people are starting to realize that pan-Africanism is the solution to the problems facing uh, Africans throughout the world. Thank you, Brother Anthony. And from Brother Anthony, we will we will now go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's going on in your world and the community? Uh, the world is in the uprising. There's people struggling everywhere for freedom and justice, fair play. And um, this is a struggle. Uh, We all have our concepts of what that is. Uh, We need to study the problems of the people of the world and come up with a scientific solution. Right now, uh, we see in Burkina Faso, they're struggling for, for independence from the colonial oppression of France and the rest of the imperialist powers. Um, People all over the world are struggling. Um, And Donald Trump, we maintain the united front against fascism, trying to prosecute this Donald Trump and his cronies. And um, meanwhile, you know, this this, um, basic struggle continues on. for food, clothing, and shelter, for the basic necessities of life. And we we need a a system that offers free education and free health care by the government. And um, we just have to get enlightened about what we want and demand and and unite, organize ourselves, unite to get what we want. This is the the struggle. Uh, I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. To our listening audience, you're listening to Africa on the Move. It's a community project under the banner of the African Awareness Association, and you can listen to this program globally by just picking up your phone and dialing in 323-679-0841 or go online on Blog Talk Radio Network. At this point in time, as we stated earlier, our theme today is Burkina Faso, and Africa needs her children. You can bring one of the children of Africa in at this point in time 
His brother, his brother, Paul Sankara. We we'll talk about the ongoing history struggle of Burkina Faso and share his perspectives on where we are and what we can do and need to do, not only to support and help our brothers and sisters in Burkina Faso, but to help all of Africa become liberated, unified socialists. So right now, we are honored to have Brother Paul Sankara on Africa on the Move, and we would like to welcome you to Africa on the Move, Brother Paul. And first and foremost, for our listening audience, Brother Paul, can you give us a little background trap on who you are? Good evening, brothers and sisters. Paul Sankara, born in Burkina Faso, and uh, living in Washington, D.C. right now, about uh, 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. And, uh, yes, I'm related to uh, Thomas Sankara, late Thomas Sankara. Okay, when you said the late Thomas Sankara, you know, a lot of our people don't know nothing about Africa and our history. Talk about who he is and your relationship to him, but more importantly, the role that he has played towards the liberation of Africa, the African people. But who was Brother Thomas Sankara? Thomas Sankara is... Besides the biological link that I have with him, was a African hero, African uh, son, the big brother. He's the he was the first son of the family, I'm the last one of the family, son, not child, but son, among different siblings. He had experienced different. Uh, social and political situation. Born in 1949, 21st, in uh, Yakub, uh, kind of 100 kilometers from Ouagadougou, the capital of Burkina Faso, West African country. Um, let me start with the first thing. The way it changed in 1984, the name of the country from Upper Volta, Haute Volta in French, to Burkina Faso. What does it mean? That's the colonial name given to the, the, the country, this land, part of the land of the Africa. French colony, uh, colonizer, explorer, or whatever you call it, gave the name of Upper Volta. In 1984, a year after the revolution in Burkina Faso, in Upper Volta, he changed the name. He said, no, it doesn't. Anything has to have an identity. What is your ID? Burkina Faso is a uh, combination of two words uh, taken from the two main languages of the country, Mori which does mean uh, Burkina does, uh, coming from Mori, the language Mori, dignity. And Faso, it's a West African language. Dula, Mandingo, or Bambara, it does mean uh, land of ancestors. So dignity and land of ancestors combined upright homeland, Burkina Faso, upright man, land. So 
that was a, a huge problem by changing the name. And then Thomas Sankara said, we're not coming into power to enrich uh, uh, ourselves, you know, officials or uh, men under power. We're coming to discuss, to find a way with uh, people, grassroots, in order to determine the best way to keep the dignity and improve the way of living of manly women and youth. In four years, 1983 to 1987, TVD's uh, realization, social, political, social, economic uh, uh, project has been realized. At the same time, it was not limited to the Burkina Faso. He said, anywhere you have people, community who are struggling for their own dignity and independence and sovereignty, let's go and support them. We're a small country, quote unquote. We don't have that much power or uh, rich uh, or resources, but time we have to sit down in the United Nations. Don't just steal the the seat, but let's express, speak louder and clearly exactly what we think about different issues. That's why in 1984, I guess, it was in the United Nations uh, meeting, assembly, and uh, from New York, he went to Harlem two-man school. He, together with uh, brothers and sisters, the new uh, Malcolm X and Black Panthers movement, they have a, uh, a good, uh, I think, a good uh, meeting. Just to give you one quote, uh, make a long story short, he uh, said, I will repeat my Black, my White House is in the Black Island. People were crazy at that time. So that's Thomas Sankara, you know. Yes, we, young, because he went into power at 33, 34 years. Uh, four years after, has been assassinated by the colonial French system who didn't want this type of experience to be spread. Of course, you always use a brother to uh, do a dirty uh, job. That's why Bless Compare was uh, the closest person to Thomas Sankara did the job and stayed in power 27 years. And in 2014, has been ousted from the power by not only, but mainly the youth in Burkina Faso civil society movement and et cetera, et cetera. So that's an introduction. That's what I can say. Thank you, Barbara. Paul. Now, in terms of Burkina Faso, can you talk a little bit against the current status of the struggles that have taken place in the last year and a half and the status of the nature of the current, current government? Can you talk a little bit about the recent so, so maybe call them coups. I don't know if y'all won't call it a coup, 
but I want you to tell us how y'all call the movement that is taking place presently inside of Burkina Faso. While it lies, someone can go out in the public relationship, you can kill me, you can assassinate me, but thousands and thousands of Sankaras will reborn. That was about before he became president, he was prime minister in the French system, you know, the second person of the uh, of the politics. Thirty six years, kind of. You have today the captain, same uh, rank, military rank, than Thomas uh, Same age, 30, 33, 34 years. Who claims outside of the country that he is uh, the son of Thomas Sankara? In terms of politically speaking, in the same way that in 1914, the youth that I was talking about earlier said, We are the children of Thomas Sankara. He did not in vain, assassinate in vain. It's so powerful what he has said and did that we uh, and done that we uh, we have the obligation to keep uh, doing the same uh, fight, struggle that he started. Today, Kaori, regardless of who Many critics you can have about this regime. It is since Thomas Sankara, assassinated in 1987, that's the first regime in Burkina Faso that is closer to the the program agenda, the philosophy, the ideal of Thomas Sankara. So he's doing great. We the main problem is about the so-called terrorists. For example, uh, in 10 years, uh, France with AFRICOM, you know, uh, United States uh, military base uh, strategy in West Africa did not get rid of the terrorists in the Sahel region, Mali, Niger, Burkina, Guinea. But with the, 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 the current government, they're doing a great job right now. Some people will say, yes, they have an alliance with the Wagner, which is the uh, military group, Russian group. We, he said publicly, we have money. We wanted to buy military equipment in order to fight against the terrorists. Because the first time uh, terrorist attack occurred in Burkina Faso was in 2015, after the elections of the uh, civilian, of course, after uh, left Compor has been held from the power. And then started the different attacks. The different regime that comes after did not. Uh, 
find a way to fight those terrorists, except the current one. Once again, you see anything about the the weakness or the uh, side things about the way they're governing the the system, but they're the one who are really getting closer to finish with the terrorism. So he the quote unquote new center, the current uh, uh president, Captain Tower. Ibrahim Tauri. Now, Sankara is Sankara. Uh, Lumumba is Lumumba. Chigivara uh, is Chigivara. Uh, Mandela is Mandela. Um, Castro is Castro. And you name it. It's not a question of biological uh, succession. <laughs> uh, that some leaders in the world that are exceptional. Some people can try to get closer to their philosophy and the way of uh, living, but don't try to, uh, to to be exactly like them. You, you can inspire, but so Ibrahim Tawe, Thomas Sankara were, was really politically educated 20, 25 years before. Therefore, he had a different uh, strategy and uh, uh, the plan, the program, the agenda about any kind of, uh, uh, how do you say it, department, schooling, health issue, uh, diplomacy, uh, you name it, etc. And can talk about diplomacy. He is the first one who went to a United States and said, no, we are organizing uh, the, 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 the claim of a, uh, new, uh, new Caledonia, you know, you know a, a, a small, quote-unquote, country, West African country, who are taking lead, the lead to support and, uh, New Caledonia. Uh, they send a couple of uh, uh, weapons to uh, Nelson Mandela AMC while he was still in prison. They uh, invited uh, the second president of uh, South Africa. Uh, Tabombeki, part of the, the, the Burkina Faso delegation to go to different meetings, international meetings, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, uh, don't just go and sit and vote for the French that vote for A or vote for E, for, for B. No, we vote for our own disease uh, and um, willing and political situation, you know. It was just to take the responsibility, regardless of uh, the cost. So relationship with uh, Cuba, you name it. 
we, we, we want to be part of the nations. And at the same time, we did not uh, just have alliance with Russian uh, Union Soviet uh, Sovietic at that time. They went there and they said, okay, we'll visit for a couple of days. We'll, we'll make you visit the Lenin Museum. Uh, what else? Um, first one to go to the, the moon. Uh, Yuri Gagarin, you name it, etc., etc. Okay, that's good. That's, that's fantastic. Okay, thank you, comrade. He said, no, it's not, it's not okay. We need next expedition to the moon or satellite. You guys, since we we are comrades politically, to get two places for Burkina Faso. People were laughing. They said, no, I'm serious. We are going to the moon to look for something. <laughs> it means we have something there that you're looking for. So we need certain we need two places for Burkina Faso. And indeed, uh, 35 years ago, we have one Burkina Bear, scientists who developed something, Burkina Faso satellite. It's not, uh, you know, uh, high-level uh, developed, but which means he said, we, regardless of our conditions, we can do anything, can any country, anybody can do in this world. Come up and go. You know, but don't forget, he was a plainly humanist. That's something that that people forget. Humanist about blood, human blood shedding. No, not at all. Even being a military, not at all. But the conviction of your argument, yes. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a debate. I'm sure about something such thing. Let me develop again. Let me know what you think about it. That's why he had a speech uh, before uh, François Mitterrand in front of François Mitterrand when he came in Burkina. We didn't understand why you, France, the land of uh, uh, human rights and etc., uh, this beautiful land accepted to receive. Peter Bora from South Africa. Why did you receive the Angolan rebellion genocide in this in Paris? Anyone who allowed them to uh, put their foot on the ground will take the entire responsibility now and forever. Consuelo Miguel said, "Okay, I had a speech that I wrote." For this cocktail, the casino, the way President Sankara talked, I need to put that in my pocket and respond straight to straight. He doesn't allow people to live uh, peacefully. He asks questions, he, he, he triggers, he, he puts you in trouble, he, etc. You know, and, uh, translating from French to English is very hard, but basically, it's a what it is. In other words, it's no one in this world could 
interest. I listen to you, but I will tell you exactly what I think about the interest of the Burkina uh, Faso, uh, West African country, and uh, the whole country. That, that's that's You know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't attack. Yeah, brother Sankara, Kino Faso has done something in the last year that has captivated the whole world. It's looking at Burkina Faso and their current leadership as mm-hmm. a new way of addressing some of African problems, particularly as it relates to this question of colonialism and neocolonialism. Can you talk Absolutely. about the current realities or what are some of the why is it that the world is now looking at Burkina Faso? What kind of policies and directions they are now taking the government that is causing the world to um, not only to give the praise but want to help the brothers and sisters to get away from the past history of neocolonialism and colonialism. So just talk about the current realities and some of the things that's going on that is giving the young people in Burkina Faso hope that there will be a better future, given the fact now they are now dissing themselves and have kicked the French out and kicking a lot of the Western forces out who don't have their interest. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. You know what? The first thing is things are related to the history. What I have just said about Thomas Sankara cannot be put aside without any uh, analysis with regard of what happened today in Burkina Faso with the current uh, regime of uh, Captain uh, Ibrahim Traore. This is deeply rooted, deeply linked. Now, uh, can you give my contact so we can see exactly concretely what we can do to support the different movements social movement and and uh, uh, women and youth and etc. in Burkina Faso. Because I don't uh, really want the concrete concrete uh, uh, actions activities. You know, I do realize that with the current regime no one cannot deny that they, with their limits and mistakes, they are the ones who come up with us to try to put a book in Abaco and West Africa and the continent. For example, they set up a alliance, Sahelian alliance, States in French AES Alliance des États Israël Sahelian Alliance States Nations Countries if you want to then put it that way Niger Burkina Faso Mali first let's try to see what kind of strategy uh, in order to control the whole territory of the three countries. Because without that, it will be harder to develop any other 
how you call it, uh, project, schooling, education, health uh, counter. Let's control our territory. We need to put some teachers anywhere in the three countries with our kids. We need to have uh, nurses and doctors anywhere without looking around if uh, somebody with a weapon trying to uh, uh, destroy the you know the state system that uh, that's the, the, the main thing first to re, re, the recovery of the territory the whole uh, country the land and then we can talk about the uh, different uh, activities such education, health, uh, women, uh, empowerment, youth uh, support, and you name it. That's the point. And I really like when it has been uh, created and set up a few months ago, AES in French, uh, Alliance Desire, Sahelian Alliance, nations or countries or states. What can we do together first, which is the safety and security. We're covering the, the whole three countries and then uh, the break up the relationship with France. Yes. France has been there 10 years. Nothing has happened uh, to uh, get rate of the, those who are killing and assassinating, you know, innocent people. Ten years, France was, was there, and you have other issues like uh, the, the currency, the, the French CSA, you know, who used to be called uh, French colonial um, currency, CSA. And the changes that the French financial economy, <laughs> you know, uh, nothing different. The currency physically are made in France. Chamalier, that's the name of the town where they made the CSA. Used by four fifteen countries in Africa. Four fifteen countries, CSA. Uh, Unfortunately, you have some leaders in Africa who say no, that's a good relationship with uh, France. And they control the currency. You cannot use the currency without the permission. And uh, you 70%, 80% controlled by uh, France. You can use it, but you have to ask uh, permission. To use your own currency. You see how 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 terrible it is the relationship between France and former colonies, former colonies. Those are certain issues. I forgot some of them, but if you uh, need to make a whole list, it will be a, a nightmare. Uh, that's why the youth struggling today, talking about Pan Africanism, even if you have critics, but at least 
we need to try. We need to try and uh, take uh, our own responsibility. The country without the control of its current currency is the uh, how you call it uh, dependent whoever is mm-hmm. controlling the mm-hmm. country. For example, you know that's why uh, today with the current regime in Burkina Faso, a lot of uh, youth and uh, others. Not only the youth, but mainly, they say, yeah, we, that's exactly what we need. Tell the truth. Tell the truth to friends, because uh, we're not against you, the people. But the French political system with Africa, we need to denounce and develop a new contract. And indeed, indeed, Mauritania was, for example, uh, French colony. He has his own money. Guinea Conakry of Sekuture has his own money. The British uh, ex colony, Lalawin Hope, their own money. Naira in Nigeria, Fiji in uh, Ghana, you name it. Why? 14 to 15 countries, French former colonies cannot, East and West countries, African countries, cannot have their own money. Uh, it's a, uh, it's sometimes uh, I'm uh, speechless. Yes, technically you need to have certain bad things, you have the strongest uh, industrial. Uh, Industrial system to have your own money. Okay, we have some tough situations, you have problems, with, but even the, the symbol. You can have your wallet and somebody controlling your wallet. Let me put that in a regular and daily basis life. <laughs> your wallet is controlled by someone else. You have $100, okay. I take care of the Eighty, ninety, and uh, you uh, the ten or twenty dollars. You can you can use that, but the eighty or ninety, that or seventy or ninety, you have to ask yourself, what kind of world are you living? In? So that's a, that's exactly a simple way in a daily uh, life basis. That's what all. That's why all this kind of BS has been denounced, and uh, by the current regime in Burkina Faso. I'm not saying it's perfect, no, but try with your mistakes and your limits, and uh, but you need to. At least there is no debate about that. You have to. You have to do something. How you do it? I don't know. That's what they're doing now in Burkina. With mistakes and, and, and certain things that you can uh, you can critic, but once again, let's take the land back to Burkina, the whole land. Who is behind? 
like many people said, we're not producing ammunition nor weapons. How these guys, so-called terrorists, are getting weapons, uh, ammunition, uh, uh, gas, oil, for the using uh, 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 not SUV, but car and uh, model to go to one point, point A to point B to point C, attack people. How are they using the, the what is the resource? Where and how? So it means um, you need to uh, dig it up and see uh, who is behind. Besides, who is behind? You know, so. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a good regime right now in Burkina Faso with the Captain Traore. Yes. Yes. For the deal. Any international meeting, they will denounce and say clearly what they need. That's what I like. We need to have our own independence in terms of uh, controlling the country. Second, we need to have some equipment, tools to uh, transform. That's what Thomas Santara said uh, almost 30 years. 40 years, 36 years ago, to transform the natural resources with uh, added value. If you take your cocoa or your coffee or banana or whatever it is, you send it to Switzerland or France or US to you name it, of course they will transform it and send it back to you, fly by uh, hundreds. Who is the loser? The one who has the raw material, we need industrial equipment to transform the maximum of uh, raw material that we have. And then at least we have uh, 50, 60% of the the real cost or price uh, instead of uh, sending $10 and then they will send it back to us. A hundred dollars after transforming, and you know, that's it. Transform, consume what you 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 produce, and produce what you uh, you consume. Come on, Sankara. That's thirty-seven years. That's why today you go in Kauai and uh, above Burkina Faso. Uh, you have all the youth who say the Sankara is uh, exceptional. Exceptional. What they have said 40 years, about 40 years ago, 35 to 40 years ago, uh, that's exactly what's happened today. Exactly. Like a uh, termination, like a uh, vision, like. Uh, I've been too long, so I don't know if I answer to your question, but. Brother Sankara, let me stop you for a second, and we have a panelist and analyst. They may have they have some questions, and maybe we want to have a disc uh, oh. a exchange with you. So we can bring in our panelists. Um, we can bring in Brother Haki right now. Brother Haki, um, the mic is yours. 
Yes, I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the, uh, the brother's commentary. But let me ask him a question in terms of the current leadership in Burkina Faso, uh, Brother um, Ibrahim uh, Taoury. Uh, to your knowledge, has, there any, has he received any threats from the West in terms of the kind of policies that he's adopting? I don't have any evidence um, about your your question, but I don't have any doubt. You see what I'm saying? I don't have any evidence to say such days that when a message that tried something. But at the same time, if you clearly, in, in internal and international level, turn to be the successor or the son of Thomas Sankara, of course, they will let you uh, in peace for what you're trying to do. That, 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 there's, no, there's no debate about that. That's for sure. The reason why I say that, before going out of the country, we always have certain group of people that are linked with those outside of the country and the continent that doesn't like the way he's conducting the, the political system in your country. You know, that's for sure. 27 years was, uh, or 30 years, the regime of Black uh, Compaore with the uh, assassinated Thomas Ankara was clearly linked to France. That's, that's why he still remained such a number of years under power. And so the youth only, but mainly organized with uh, women and uh, trade union and political parties, op- opponent parties, and you name it. October 2014 said, enough is enough. Get out of here. You can be candidate anymore. So, Yes, uh, the threat, yes. I don't have the details, but the threat, I, I, I'm not discussing about that, that's for sure. Okay, one, one final question. Now, the, the great Thomas Sankara, he, he once stated, in order to bring about fundamental change, you've got to be somewhat of a madman. You've got to be crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> what is your yeah. interpretation? So how do you interpret how how do you interpret you know his statement? Uh, before getting in uh, the power as a president, he was a prime minister in the French system. Not president, but the prime minister, charge of the government. Uh, no, no, no. Before. Before, before being prime minister, he was in charge of uh, communication and uh, uh, how you call it, uh, journalist information. Secretary of uh, of uh, how you say that, journalist radio and uh, TV, how you call it, information. Secretary of and information. Anyway, 1983. So, Secretary of Information, uh, information 
prime minister and then president. But information, they caused him to take the power. He didn't like the president he was, those who did the coup d'etat at that time. Colonel Jerbo. He knew popularity of Thomas Sankara among the youth, the trade union, the students, the, uh, not talking about military force in 1974, the war with uh, Mali, he did some, uh, you know, uh, heroic uh, actions and, you know, uh, who was known for one of the horrors and uh, heroic uh, uh, military guys. Anyway, he was he had a, a link with the leftist movement. Discussion, think about uh, tomorrow. What can we do? What kind of program, plan, uh, agenda we can set up? And in, in case we get in the power of the you know, reading and discussing, and, but in the clandestinity. They knew how popular he was. So, uh, Colonel Cesar both said, that's an order. You're military, I'm a military. Uh, and all, you don't have the choice, you have to take the, the position of uh, communication and information uh, secretary as a minister. He refused. And the discussion after discussion, he said, okay, accepted, but six months, only for six months. I think the, the regime at that time thought that he would be embezzled, you know, we uh, get to the benefits and uh, the cars, the houses, the different, you know, I kind of think you say, okay, I said that yesterday, today, it, it's over. No, it's in its principle, six months. Yet he's not accepted. And he did a public speech saying, those who, uh, I don't know how to translate that in good English, uh, embezzle the, the, the people will be responding for, for life or something like that. Malera affected by your people. You can put people in a, in a, under your control. You you'll be responding for any reaction, something like that. And then right away, two days after, they put him in a arrestation. They arrest him. He was not officer anymore. And, that's how the competition started. To get back to your main question, you know that you have troubles and impediments and, and uh, different kind of uh, tough situations, but I believe in it. What I trust, what I believe, I will go forward regardless of what happens. Second, even when he was president, people not in Bukina, not just in Bukina, military, civilian, women, men, uh, came and tried to talk to him. What's going on? 
they're plotting against you. None will kinabe but African. Congo Brazzaville sent a couple of persons and said, we, based on our intelligence services, something is wrong with your system. What's wrong? Friends, white people came and said, okay, some kind of leftist. That's what we have. Intelligence uh, uh, elements. What you waiting for? Let's compare the second of the government when he was president during the revolution. Don't came and talk to our father. Said, you gotta talk to your son because it's, it's crazy. Everything is clear. Nobody, everybody knows. Lastly, I don't know if there is a. He had a conversation with a Switzerland journalist few weeks, few months before. What is your reaction the day when you will hear that Les Mumbai is plotting against you? He said, it's too late. If you heard that, the day you heard that, it's too late. Don't even try anything. Let, let it go. You have to be fatalist. That's the military with the uniform, but too I don't know if I should say that, but too much humanist. You can kill people for their ideas. No. Let's keep discussing. Let's keep out debate. Let's convince. Do your argument. Don't use the say Don't use the force. No, the argument of the force, but use the force of the argument. I swear to God, it, it, he knew, not in the details, but he knew that it, when I was prime minister, he said, before being president, in a public rally, we know that we're not here for long, but you guys are here to continue the job we have started. Even if you feel me, Azam of Sankara will reborn. I was at, I was at that public rally, but, you know, uh, I don't know if it's uh, clear <laughs> in my French <laughs> uh, and English translation, but yeah. Yeah, the madness is that. Try anything, because you have the social, uh, uh, how do you call it, the social uh, landscape, the social uh, stratification. How come uh, this young military will say men and women are the same? No, 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 it's just like uh, what? Kind of thing. He said, no, I'm not trying to minimize men, but I'm saying any woman, you give her the same choice she can do, even physically, the same thing. So, empowerment of women. Uh, youth, you know the the... the Elderly respect sometimes less and less today, but it used to be even if the elder <laughs> is not right, you, you can say 
Thomas said, no, we, we can say it with respect, but you, you have to use your argument. It's a question of argument. Don't say it because it's a, you're older than I, so I cannot say anything against your position. So you have the sociological aspect, historical aspect you have there. The relationship between France and Africa, you have the, those who used to be the French interest, what, uh, how do you call it? What God or what, uh, you know, like Ivory Coast and Togo, or you got what's it in the case of uh, France in, in West Africa, at least. In 83, you have the revolution in Burkina Faso. Wow. So Togo and Ivory Coast said, no. No, this guy, he, and all the youth. Every time he, even if he, he doesn't go for uh, an international, I mean, African meeting, all the youth are listening to the radio, what happened in Burkina? We need that in our country. We need that in our, our country. Togo, uh, Africos, etc. And there were, there were <laughs> those governments about, uh, quote, unquote, the Tanger <laughs> that represents the revolution at that time. 33, 34, 35 years, ministers and president himself, they're talking like uh, the youth in those countries. In France, I met a lot of uh, people who were younger at that time in their country. Mauritania, Ivory Coast, and Togo, that's Mali, when he came there for uh, African, you know, ECOWAS meeting or something like that. Is like a private uh, British. For the other presidents, nobody didn't, they just, you know, welcome them normally. When Thomas came, it's like uh, <laughs> they were waiting for him. Whoa! With the feast, you know, revolutionary feast, and all the youth. Many people told me that. 84, 85, 87. So he was, uh, there was something else, different, different. So the madness is about that. I'm pretty sure what I'm, uh, I do believe, even if it's not 100% the truth, the whole world trusts on it. Look at this script in the uh, United Nations. Talking about Palestine. What happened today with uh, Israel and uh, Hamas and uh, uh, Palestine, etc. 35 years ago. You know, uh, any, any kind of subject of murder. Uh, he met uh, brother... Uh, Oh, from, uh, no, not Nicaragua. Uh, uh, Maurice Bishop. New Delhi. You know, with uh, the Prime Minister, Indian Prime Minister. Uh, Angela Gandhi, Maurice Bishop, and himself. 
and his uh, bodyguard, not the bodyguard, but the aide de camp, is above the bodyguard, told me that he said, you see three of us, uh, Angela Gandhi, Maurice Bishop, and, and myself, we, they will kill us. And he started one by one, and exactly three of them had been assassinated in the order. That's what he told me. The one who used to be his uh, head. I don't know how to say that. You know, the person close to him and uh, for the protocol. And so the madness, yes. I know okay. the school is Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, we have a couple other folks that we are patiently to speak to you. I know we don't want to hold you all day, but can we take a few more questions from you, from our listening audience, if possible? Oh, let's, let's bring in our brother, brother Anthony. Welcome to Africa on the Mood. The mic is yours. Thanks. Uh Revolutionary greetings, uh, uh, Brother Sankara. Uh, let's see, I've uh, learned a lot from your presentation. Uh, I have a, a, a question about uh, Ibrahim Traore. What, uh, what's, uh, what, is, what steps is he taking uh, to, uh, to achieve Pan-Africanism, which is really the only uh, the only means of uh, ensuring uh, Burkina Faso and uh, other African countries' uh, sovereignty. Uh, what uh, what steps is he taking uh, to unify with uh, other African countries? that are facing uh, similar problems that Burkina Faso is facing? Thank you for your question. I was saying earlier something about the Sahelian, how you call it? Did you get the question, Brother Sankari? Hold on. Okay. Yes, I think uh, I was saying earlier that in Africa, no, and and the Sahelian State Alliance has been set up. In French, they said A E S. Alliance de l'État Israël. Sahelian State of Country Alliance. Nispa, Mali, Niger, Mali, Burkina. That's about what. Three months ago, it out. I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, the first reason why they have this alliance 
defiant and lying state. If you recover the territory, call your country first. In, in the way that you have the teachers, nurses, doctors, uh, police station, uh, like a normal district or state or etc. You know, and then you talk about uh, they. Burkina Faso, Niger, and Mali have uh, in uh, about three months different meetings to see what they can do together. For example, what happened in Mali in three days ago, three or four days ago, uh, it passed the city called Kibaro, K-I-B-A-L, Kibaro, K-I-B-A-L. In 10 years, has been out of control of the Malian government. Has been controlled by, I don't know how you call it, Tuareg, terrorists, or you name it. But in, in three, four days, less than a week, the, the, the Malian government took over of this region, which is very, very, very strategic for its close to uh, Algeria is three kilometers three hundred kilometers from Burkina Faso. It is one thousand kilometers from the capital of Mali, Bamako, etc. etc. You see what I'm saying? So uh, the Malian army and government received the contribution of the Military from Burkina Faso and Niger. The drones, the dynamics uh, on the ground and intelligence ser- uh, services. So, right now, on, I'm not on uh, social media, but that's the number one topic in West African uh, subject. Kidal, Kidal. Uh, taken by the Malian army and government. Wow, that's a that's a uh, a, a win, you know. So that's the link with your question is that we need to start first with those who have the same concern, problem, situation, name it, etc. With us, Mali, Bukhi. Control the country in 10 years, find who was part of the different so called countries who uh, wanted to help us. Nothing happened. Let's take the things by, by our own. Yeah. Sit down and see what, what's the problem. I can't be a government in different countries in the Sahel and I cannot control. There is no uh picture in uh, this city they uh, they all running away going to the capital the 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 
how you call it, part of the administration doesn't exist anymore. In one, two, three, four, five, no. Three, three years ago, it used to be like 40, 40, 50, 40, 50% of the country is not controlled by the state. No. Are you a government a state or not? Even if you have to do this mistake, you better control it. That's what. Uh, that's why the three uh, countries, Niger, Mali, and Burkina, said, "Okay, let's sit down and see what we can put together and uh, control our territory first. As we said in the U.S., has to be controlled by the by the government. Even if we have to talk with the people, find out what, what what's the problem, what's the causes, what's the uh, how can we resolve it? You know." That's the first thing. The Pan-Africanism started with that, at, in that case. And then, the youth, the culture, let's make some, some exchange, some swaps, some, they do a lot of, lot of, lot, lot of uh, events and uh, cultural and uh, information and you name it. So, in that point, you know, honestly, it's, uh, it's great. It's great. In three, six months, people are happy. So, I don't know if I respond to your question, but uh, yeah. And from, from there, there one more question. we can try, from there we uh, can try to find out those who are not in part of the Sahara, those who are not really uh, attacked by terrorism. But let's start with the common concern first. Because it's not just Sahel. Uh, Benin, Togo, it's not Sahel. They're part of the coastal countries. You know, Sahel is a dry land country like Niger, Mali, Burkina. We don't have access to the sea. We landlocked, quote unquote, 10 years, 15 years. Benin, Togo, Ghana, Africos that have access to the, to the sea have been attacked by terrorists. <laughs> so, uh, it's a two step in a, in a way. First, the main concern, and second, those countries and the situation. You have to enlarge. But let's start with those who are really uh, in, in the forefront. Anthony? If you, if uh, you want more questions, let me know. That's the uh, that's the only question that I, I have. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, Brother Sakari, we're going to give you one more question for our next panelists, and then we're going to actually give us your final thoughts on Burkina Faso. So right now we can go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, the mic is yours. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. Uh, I'm having a hard time understanding uh, the what's being said by the brother. Um, I don't know. This is my problem, I guess. But um, what organization does he belong to? That's 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 the key. Um, we need to organize people, and and I'm trying to figure out what organization he belongs to. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah. 
part of the international uh, campaign justice for Sankara and I'm also um member of uh, um, African movement against impunity in Burkina and Africa. Mainly, it's uh, you have a headquarter in uh, Canada called uh, Grilla in France. Uh, how can I say that in, in English? African Liberation and Initiative Group. In France, Group Initiative et de Libération de l'Afrique. In French, Aziz Pal, S A L L, S A L L, Aziz. A Z I Z A Z I Z, Pal, A S A L L, Grilla. G-R-I-L-A. That's in French. In English, I think it's uh, African Liberation and Initiative Group. Created since uh, apartheid times, South Africa. And then they moved to uh, Thomas Sankara's uh, case. Pro bono. A lot of things in 30 years for the the trial that occurred two years ago in Burkina after uh, people chased uh, Bless Compore who assassinated Thomas Sankara and the, the trial had occurred. And 30 years after I was there for the, the, the trial, two years ago. Okay. Uh, we we, yeah. we need to have a Pan African movement in order to uh, uh, get more effective and efficient outcome. I guess that's the question of the brother. Yeah, we have to be organized. I totally agree, and I'm willing to get some uh, feedback, input, and insights from anybody. In that point, that's a great question. Thank you. Okay, let me take one more question. See if this caller has a question. If not, we will actually give us your final thoughts in terms of how can Africans in the African diaspora help and assist in the current movement that is taking place in Burkina Faso. And that's what this caller first year. This caller has a comment or a question that they would like to ask. Caller. The last four numbers are 9435. Any comment or question to our brother Ben Cairo as we talk about Burkina Faso? 9435. Yeah, hello. Uh, yes, Carl. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. However, do not have any questions. I appreciate the information that uh, Brother Sankara is bringing to us and that I keep, I hope he keeps on the struggle. 
Right, thank you, Carla, for your encouragement. Thank you, Mother. And Brother said, Carla, real quickly, we understand that there's a uh, economic blockade against Burkina Faso from France, EU, a lot of Western institutions, etc. It is very difficult for y'all to function financially. Is there any way possible for those who would like to set resources inside of Burkina Faso? Can that be done at this present time? What is your understanding of that situation? Yes, of course. Uh, in uh, uh, African Union, ECOWAS, uh, uh, they have a principle say that no power can be taken besides the so-called election. If you make a coup d'etat, you'll be in a blockage, embargo, and you name it. Now, we have a government that has been doing a great job, country after country, different countries, Iran, Cuba, Russia, Venezuela, uh, anything to uh, protest and claim that uh, what they're doing is about against the terrorists first. We're not against any population of the country. Uh, they're doing a great job. Um, France, with the clear and strong position of the current government, the French government, of course, <laughs> decided to cut any aid and support, financial support, including point of view. A few weeks, few months ago, they said, including the students and the artists and uh, scholars who make some research. No, no one can have a visa to go to France. But in France, you have quite a few, uh, not few, but quite of a uh, organization, you know, universities and uh, etc. Who say uh, culture, art, uh, people who say no, nothing to do with politics. Uh, if they come here for exchange for artistic uh, activities for research, for uh, PhDs, for you name it. No. no. Why the government and the government changed their point of view a few weeks after and said, no, they, they're going to review it. They can let them have the easy income. Uh, the mine, gold mine contract and everything, the uh, the 1960 was most, if not all of the African countries, access to independence in 1960. Most of them. It's a matter of months, January, February, etc. You name it. Niger, Burkina, and uh, Ivory Coast, uh, Algeria, 1962. Uh, okay. Um, 
still don't want those countries to be, uh, how you call it, to have their own independence. So with the, the current government, Macron, they claim to gain that when you don't give us our interest, we will cut the aid and etc. Like Thomas used to say, he said that in the uh, UN, United Nations, we need any help aid that help us to get rid of the help <laughs> the current government is trying to do in, in Burkina Faso. Exactly what they're trying to do. You have the mine, because we are number four in, in gold mine in the African continent. Number four. Uh, if you come with your tools and equipment, okay. But let's sit down and make a win-win contract. You can come here and uh, take everything and go and uh, no. Yeah, just to give you a concrete example. That's why uh, in, in the different conversation and debate, public debate, some people said, and I totally agree with. You know what? By saying the equivalent of a USID in the US, the how do you call it? Finish again. Corporation head or whatever is a cut of the budget or, or loan. It, it's even good. It makes you sit down and figure out exactly how you can, on your own, develop things without counting mainly on people support, any other any other country support. So it's, yeah, it's good when they say that we, we, okay, because you, you, you want to talk. You remember what happened with uh, Brother Secretary uh, in 1958 when the General de Gaulle, General de Gaulle went in a different con- colony before they get independent. Who want to be independent inside the French system, and who want to be independent totally? Referendum, 1958 referendum. Everywhere, it was pretty much uh, a yes in the referendum, except in Guinea. Just to make a long story short, Guinea. The famous answer of Secretary at that time was, we need to be uh, free in our in poverty instead of being opulent of rich in slavery. General the goal was of state was. Uh, Man was what the the right term completely devastated. Okay, you want your independence? Take it. 
anything we have in Guinea-Conakry, take it back home. The pencil, the paper, the, pen, uh, the screw, the irrigated thing. That's how we get uh, return back to uh, Guinea, to uh, uh, East uh, Europe, European East countries like uh, Romania, etc., etc. You know, it was tough, and many uh, students who were freshly graduated African students, PhDs, and engineers. Choose to go to Guinea straight instead of going to their own country to help the revolution of Guinea Conakry, of Tekutura. Okay, I stopped there, but just to come back to what happened in Burkina Faso, things are changing even 60 years after, but it's still the same principle. You have to be aware of what they can do against you when you choose to be yourself, to have your own sovereignty, your own independence, to be your not count on them and uh, thanks God we have the old uh, social media so you have Pan-Africanism who are really strongly developed uh, regardless of the country where are you from? Uh, DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, you, Algeria, Niger, uh, Senegal. You. So the youth, Pan Africanists, are having some uh, gathering, some conferences through Zoom, through uh, sometimes physically in certain countries. Yeah, I've been in Burkina Faso two years ago and two, two three years ago. Uh, I've seen people who uh, had a caravan from many countries and went to the uh, memorial that has been built for Thomas Sankara, which is a statue in Ouagadougou, etc. etc. So it's, it's a long struggle, it's not easy. Uh, we have uh, young guys and people in, in the government. They uh, all of them inspired by by what Thomas has done. You know, with all the difficulties. But that's the, that's the only way. That's the only way. You can't count on on anybody to come and develop your... There is African, maybe, uh, I don't know if it's uh, only African, but uh, quote saying that you cannot sleep in anybody's uh, uh, bed and think that you secure anytime you can take his bed and you you sit on the ground. It's not well translated, but mainly <laughs> that's what it is. Be your own. Be yourself. Control it. Consume what you con- uh, you produce. Produce what you control. That was uh, one of the mantras of the 
revolution during Thomas Sankara's time. I don't know if I need more precision, let me know, but uh, detail. Brother Sankara, on that note, we'd like to thank you for coming forward and sharing your perspectives on current reality of Burkina Faso. And we would like to ask you, for those who would like to know more information and keep abrupt on what's going on, how can they find the information or who can they contact? And can they contact you if they may be interested in bringing you to one of their communities, schools, universities, et cetera? Absolutely. Uh, my own contact uh, through email is uh, email Paul. T-A-U, without the error. So it's Po. T-A-U, attached to the last name, Sankara. S-A-N-K-A-R. So there is no L at the last, uh, the first name, and there is no A at the last name. That's Yahoo.com. I don't know if it's clear. A U S A N K A R. No A. So no L at Paul. No A at Sankara. Paul Sankara. No A at Sankara. At Yahoo.com. 372 Thank you for your interest of your modeling history. And my brother, give our revolutionary love to our people back home. And anytime you need to have outlet to educate and update and share information on what's going on, please feel free to contact Africa on the move. The platform will always be available for Mother Africa and her scattered and suffering children. So, my brother, we thank you very much. Thank you, sister and brother. Keep it up. You guys been listening to Brother Paul Sankaro, uh, the biological brother of Thomas Sankaro. He's been giving his perspective on Burkina Faso. And, again, if you'd like to know what's going on, please engage him, stay in touch with him, and we'll do the same. What we're going to do right now, we're going to take a rubber chair culture break. And when we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit about um, this question of Africa needs her children. You just heard one of them. And we'd like for you to join us by calling 323-679-0841. I'm Brother Africa, and you're listening to Africa on the Move.
and they will use all the very technologies available, the laws of uh, the laws of nature, to use it to control and dominate our people and humanity. So, Brother Africa, I mean Brother Haki, in terms of understanding Africa, me or her children, can we who want to help our mother Africa do to help Africa free, liberate, and unify itself? Given the current realities we are under and facing, Brother Haki. Well, Brother Africa, I think um, my more immediate response would, would be to say that what what we what is essential, I think, is is organization. I mean, that's no question about that. I mean, the bottom line is that you know uh, without the organization, it's very difficult to implement any type of change. Because as you alluded to, when you talk about systemic uh, response from the West, then understanding that in that re- systemic response, uh, there are going to be those individuals, you know, in the global South, you know, who are, who are, who support uh, Western measures which are designed to undermine or to destabilize or to modulize African states. So to the extent that we're organized, we're able to, to root out those kind of individuals, those kind of institutions that are geared toward the detriment, you know, of the African state. But having said that, Brother Africa, I think, you know, one, one of the things I think also we, we, have to, we have to at some point begin to acknowledge is that we, at this point of the ballgame, we can ill afford to, you know, to articulate, you know, or to, to uh, rehash, um, um, you know, systems of thought uh, that, you know, that uh, may not stand the test of time. One of the things that, that we, we, we understand is that when we talk about in terms of the perpetuation of imperialism, uh, the strategy in terms of maintaining imperialism is very, very fluid. It's not consistent. And so a lot of the ideas we have in terms of combating imperialism may not be, um, may not be applicable in terms of bringing about the kind of change we desire, simply because we fail to, and to, to, we fail to understand the conditions have changed slightly. And as a con- and as a and as a, and as and as a result of that, uh, anything that we do uh, is effectively undermined by Western states. So it seems to me we have to have a new way in terms of thinking. And one of the things that we have to do, and I think this is key, that this, this tendency to push sectarianism, this notion that somehow, you know, one line is more more valuable than another line, I think at some point it has to be challenged, because the bottom line, I think that all ideologies have some relevance of, of, of some. Uh, some uh, some areas of of of, uh, of importance in terms of conducting this movement. I think oh, I think what has to happen is that we have to intrinsically understand the the inherent uh, importance of all political ideologies and to move forward in terms of resolving in one primary contradiction, which is imperialism. In that context, when we talk about the primary contradiction being imperialism, then we have to incorporate the African continent. Because it seems to me that if you're going to talk about it in terms of putting an end to exploitation of human beings, the fundamental suffering of human beings, if you're going to put an end to that, you can't do that without an organized and scientific Africa. You have to have that. Because as long as the Western nations can exploit African resources to their, to their, to their benefit, then they're going to use those resources to undermine the interests of the world. And so, therefore, for any political line that says that Africa is, is not important, in terms of ideology, I think that is a fundamental mistake. I think we have to really challenge that notion in terms of Africa not being relevant in terms of, you know, you know world discussion when it comes to politics. 
Uh, so, so I, so I urge people, you know, to to reject this nonsense about certain political lines that say that anything pertains to Africa is irrelevant because it's, it's neuro-nationalism or somehow it's just it's it's just arbitrary. It's just kind of reductive to the, to movements globally. I think that's a dis- very disingenuous kind of position to take. But nonetheless, that position does prevail among many people in the on the left in the society. So, but but as related to African people, I think one of the things that to the extent that we as African people in, embrace ideas which are antithetical to the interests of Africa, we have to begin to question why we embrace such ideas. A lot of it is rooted in history. A lot of it is rooted, rooted in uh, the comfort factor. We were used to saying that we believe it because people have been saying it for eons, so we believe it to be true. And we don't really engage in really collected um, uh, 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 discourse around the relevance of, of particular ideologies as it relates to real change in the world as we understand it. So I think those kind of things have to happen at Brother Africa in terms of, you know, uh, bringing about the kind of resolve that we seek in terms of bringing about a strong and united uh, uh, world. And Africa is going to play a pivotal role in terms of doing that. So in that regard, I think the, the question around organization, particularly inside of Africa, is very, very key. But in addition to we are organizations exterior to Africa, has to have a correlation or have the relationship those African organizations inside of Africa in terms of make, to bring about the kind of impact we'd like to see globally, ultimately resulting in the kind of change that we'd like to see politically with respect to the African continent. And with that, Brother Africa, I'll conclude. Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony, along the theme, Africa needs her children. You know, one of the things we can see today when we look at the African world is that one of the biggest obstacles that keeping our people from moving forward is the issue of neocolonialism. When we mm-hmm. think about um, Burkina Faso, we can look at the role that ECOWAS is playing. ECOWAS is playing in terms of they are collaborating with France and EU to undermine and to um, help oppress our brothers and sisters in um, Burkina Faso. We look at the behavior of our brothers and sisters in Kenya. Some of them are willing to go to another African nation to do the bidding for the West, like when we talk about Haiti. When you look at the question of U.S. policies, they're totally against the interests of Africa, African people, and humanity in general. We have many Africans functioning in these institutions support the policies, the interests of the institution as the sprints of our people liberation. So in terms of this question that Africa needs needs her children, what can we do dealing with these um, present realities we are facing? What can African children do to help maybe alleviate some of these issues, Brother Anthony, from your perspective? From my perspective, uh, one uh, once, uh, 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 one of the things that Africans can do is join an organization that is working for people's liberation. And, uh, you know, uh, let's see. And also, we have to be organized because our enemies are well organized and uh and uh as uh, uh brother haki stated uh let's see our oppression is systemic 
And uh, the only way to fight, uh, uh, you know, systemic oppression is to be organized. And uh, and uh, let's see. And uh, in order to be free, we have to uh, join an organization that's guided by revolutionary ideology. And, uh, you know, uh, let's see, and there, there are different options out there for, uh, for, for people. Uh, let's see, one is the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Uh, if, uh, if y'all don't like that organization, there, uh, there are other options. But we have to be organized. And uh, and uh, and also, in order to guide our thinking, we have to be guided by revolutionary ideology. One such organization is the All African People's Revolutionary Party (GC). Our ideologies in communism, terrorism, and you can find out more about that and our program by visiting our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org. And uh, you can find out about our history, our contact information, and uh, and uh, our program and our objective, which is Pan-Africanism the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. But if you don't, uh, but if you don't uh, like that organization, there are no organizations out here. And if you can't find a suitable organization, then uh, uh, form your own organization. But we have to be organized. And uh, that uh, and that's the solution uh, that uh, our children, uh, uh, African children, can bring to Africa. Thank you, Brother Anthony and Brother Moses. You in the seat, and I know you can take the heat because you're going to find it and stand behind it, Brother Moses. What can African children do today to help? liberate our people and help liberate Africa, unify Africa, and make sure Africa is under a social economy where the means of production is in the hands of the people and its wealth. Brother Moses, give us your thoughts. Certainly, certainly. Uh, I believe Brother Anthony hit the nail on the head. Uh, we have to be organized. Uh, and certainly, you know, a revolutionary ideology uh, uh, is necessary, and we have to be able to get to the needs of the people, the actual needs of the people, uh, food, clothing, and shelter, and and uh, organize to help people meet their everyday needs and and. Uh, point them to the ultimate goal of revolution, basically. And uh, 
you know, there's no other way around it. Um, we I, I, we can't solve our problem with reforms, and we have to struggle for any progressive reform we can get, though. But but we we recognize that that's not the be all end all, and uh, it's about studying. I think uh, education is the key, uh, and organization, education and organization, uh, and uh, that's the that's the only thing I I can say. Um, there's no substitute for for organization. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, for your perspective on African needs her children. We'd like to thank all our panelists. We'd like to thank our special guest, Ezele Dante, um, who is the representative of the movement of Free Haiti. We'd like to thank our brother, Paul Sancaro, and he also is representing in the movement in Burkina Faso for coming forward and sharing their perspective on these very issues and giving us the necessary information that we need in order for us to make critical decisions that will guide and direct our action towards playing a role and help to free, liberate, and unify our people in our motherland, Africa. We'd like to remind the listening audience that this is Africa on the Moon. You can listen to this program every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we encourage you to spread the word by calling in at 323-678-0941 every Sunday. When you get a link to this program, you can do that by emailing us at Africa. Awareness Association 2 at gmail.com or you can say Africa on the Moon. To gmail.com. We'll see you link actions to spread the word to help increase our listenership. What we want to do is give our people revolutionary information because we need a revolutionary change. It's only the revolution that can solve their problem. So we encourage you to join and support the radio station every Sunday. And remember, without information, you cannot think. And without organization, you cannot think clearly. We too encourage you. We join an organization that's doing something to help liberate your people. And if you can't find one suit your need, then you have a responsibility to create one. So until next time, we see you next week. This is Brother Africa. We're going to sign off with some liberation mu- music, as well as a message from Brother Kwame Ture as relates to our theme tonight, the Kino Faso and Africa Needs Her Children. We'll see you next week. This is Africa on the Moon. Whether the Democratic Party and electoral politics cannot solve our problems, at least until we are organized. So even if we were inside the Democratic Party, our functioning uh, stalwarts in that party have a responsibility to at least organize the masses of our people. Because you cannot tell me that Kennedy and a sharecropper from Mississippi are in the same party with the same power because they got one vote each. That makes no sense at all. Um, I'm reminded that I should probably mention names when I, when I say things like former colleagues. I'm talking about people like John Lewis, who was also a former chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, is now a member of Congress from the state of Georgia, talking about John Wilson, who is the chairman of the District of Columbia City Council, another organizer for SNCC. Do you still maintain contact with your colleagues? Do you ever get a chance to see them?
Uh, once in a while, if our paths cross, but uh, I'm still doing the same thing they used to do. <laughs> and I'm better at it. <laughs> but you are known to not make your political differences personal. When you, when you run into to, to old friends, many of whom have chosen electoral politics, a few have chosen, like H. Rab Brown, religion mm -hmm. as the major vehicle for expressing their consciousness, you still have cordial relations. Of course, you know, uh, there's no need to be antagonistic. Uh, me, I never get mad unless I'm about to kill, and I don't get mad at anyone except someone who's truly exploiting my people, and for them, there's no, no problem here. Let's go back to the telephone. Call with you. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Good evening, Kojo and Kwame Toure. Uh, during the Persian Gulf War, why has the news media conveniently overlooked the fact that one million Palestinians are under house arrest in the occupied territories in Israel? Well, obviously, some media isn't overlooking it. Everybody who's watching this just heard it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, press in America, of course, is controlled by uh, Zionism. That's clear. And uh, this book, is, this is not a statement I make. There's a book by a Jewish man. And uh, let me I think of the title of the book as we go along. And he's written the book. He's anti-Zionist because there are Jews who are anti-Zionist. And for the man who called before and said he couldn't understand, I would suggest that he read uh, Lenny Brenner's book, uh, any of Lenny Brenner's book, who is a Jew who is anti-Zionist. And uh, this man who is, I think... Uh, he's even on this show when my name is... The name just gone. From Lenny Brenner. I'm sorry. Okay. Lenny, Lenny Brenner. Brenner. Okay. And uh, the, the other book, I will think about it as we go along. I'll give it to him. But okay. uh, the reason why is because uh, the Zionists controls the press. They control the press and they uh, don't let any information out that what they consider will make the people sympathetic to the cause of the Palestinians. Saddam Hussein has called for linkage to his withdrawal from Kuwait to a Israeli withdrawal from the occupied territories. Do you think that is valid? He's absolutely correct. This again is another hypocrisy of America. Here they, they are next to the land, they are occupying the land, and you talk that you're coming against annexation and you leave them there? Why? You know, George Bush, he talks like he's bad, like he's a CIA agent, but he's afraid of Israel. When they say jump, he says, how high? <laughs> <laughs> you have mentioned that the United States in this war is on the wrong side. You have said they should have let Saddam Hussein keep Kuwait. But you must know that the American people have been hearing all kinds of things about Saddam Hussein, including the chemical warfare used against the Kurdish people in Iraq at the time, and it is felt that Saddam Hussein should not be associated with the cause of righteousness. How do you feel about that? America cannot be the judge of moral righteousness for anybody. Uh, don't you know the French have something they call faux discussion? That's a, a discussion that, that has no sense at all. If you're not careful, they will bring problems to you which are not yours, for you be discussing these problems that have no relevance at all. America cannot be moral judge of anyone. So anytime America speaks of morality, why pay attention? It's like if a thief is coming to give you lessons on how not to thief. <laughs> Let's go to the telephone. Call it's your turn. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Uh, I honor you, uh, Kwame Touré. There's a question I would like to ask. I don't know if you could show some light on it. I understand that a few presidents now, uh, including Ben Casey, has and also Mr. Bush, has got a bank set up in Panama and are still sending all of the materials to South Africa that is supposed to be cut off at the moment. Could you throw some light on that, if you're familiar with it? That they're violating the sanctions. I'm sorry I'm not uh, familiar with these facts, but uh, that's nothing new. I mean, I, I, there's nothing that America can do in relationship to holding up racist and dictatorial regimes throughout the world that should surprise anyone. Not, nothing at all, especially when it comes to Azania, South Africa, First, America is racist. 
Nietzsche's capitalist, a racist capitalist system, will do everything possible to maintain the predominance of a racist settler colonial system. You mentioned that this money that is being used to assist Israel should be brought back home and used to assist the homeless. When you left this country more than 20 years ago to reside in West Africa, the homeless population of this country was minuscule compared to what it is today. Is that something that strikes you every time you step off a plane in Miami, New York, or whenever you return to this country, the vast difference in that situation? There's no question. Anyone who spends any time out of America, any time you come back, you can see the rapid decline. You know, it's just a scientific phenomenon that as the body rolls down, what it picks up mass and volume and momentum and speed, etc., etc. So that there's no question you can see the decline coming more and more. I have always been against American imperialism. As a matter of fact, when people ask me my position on the war in the Gulf, I tell them that if I were the Imam of Mecca and American imperialism was fighting the devil, as Africa is my mother, I would be Satan's comrade in arms. Anywhere America is, I'm against it. But if you would have told me in the 1960s that America would decline to the position she is now, I myself would not have believed it. So it's this declination, this decline, which makes it clear America's on her way down, she can be destroyed, and she will be destroyed. A recent survey conducted by the University of Chicago found that in spite of the fact that we mentioned earlier that blacks have died disproportionately in armed service to this country, that a majority of white Americans believe that blacks are less patriotic than they are. They cannot believe that. Nobody loves America like these stupid Africans. <laughs> they cannot believe that. Come on. They say that, and they, I think they're talking on. They can't believe that. My, my brother, if you go out there and even try and tell them to go to the war, they want to fight you. Nobody loves America like these Africans here. They just, well, we ain't got no other home. What's Africa? I ain't got nothing to do with Africa. I don't know. All they know is America. All they know is America. They've let America just tie them in. Why, they love everything about America. Well, this, this white man is so He knows better. However, they are often critical of America's domestic policies. They're critical of the impoverishment and unemployment they see in the black community. And it is my own belief that many whites interpret that as somehow being unpatriotic. It's not the kind of love it or leave it kind of, of rhetoric that they would expect to, coming, to be coming from people who are patriotic. How do you mesh this criticism of America's internal policies with what you describe as an enthusiasm for America, especially in its external adventures? This is the contradiction that we face as a people that we love America more than any other people in America, and we are more abused by America than any other people in America. This is the contradiction, and this contradiction has been coming more and more. In the Vietnam War, some of it came out, but in this war, all of it will come out. And this is a war without, this war is going to be no hands drawn, you know. Bush is going to do everything as head of the CIA. He will even plant explosives throughout the country and say the terrorists are doing it to scare the people and make them go into the job. You know, that's an old Zionist trick, and you know, at least he can learn from most of that if he can. You think it's going to be a long war? Well, one thing is clear. With the sand going on and the storm coming up and the hot pressure getting hot, this war is going to be a long war. And Saddam Hussein said he prepared for a long war. America prepared for a short war, but he prepared for a long war. Let's go back to the telephone. Caller, it's your turn. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Good evening, Mr. Kwame Ture. Uh, I have two brief, brief questions. Um, do you believe that Malcolm X was right in saying that we should live apart from the white man? And could you shed some light on, I don't, I don't celebrate the 4th of July, okay? Could you shed some light on that situation? Because I have a friend that I'm trying to explain it to, but your eyes can see further than mine. And could you please help him out? All right, let me take your last question first. On the 4th of July, my brother, I would suggest that you go and get a speech by Frederick Douglass, which he made on the 4th of July. 
And uh, just read that speech, let your brother, because it won't be me, it'll be Frederick Douglass, you know, and he's not like me, you know, he was going to, he want to be ambassador of America. <laughs> I could never do that, you know. So he's a good, you let him read that speech by uh, Frederick Douglass on what the 4th of July means to the uh, Africans in America. And then uh, your first question, which was, um, is that how you forget. do it? Malcolm X. Malcolm X, yes. Um, yes, you must be careful now. You know, Malcolm X was very, very, very sharp. Malcolm was very sharp. I remember that uh, a policeman had killed someone in New York uh, when Malcolm was head to just form the uh, Organization of African American Unity. And uh, when he just formed this organization, his, leaflet, his uh, people began to leaflet and they put out that a policeman had murdered someone. And Malcolm, they called Malcolm in uh, Africa and told Malcolm, Malcolm said, no, take out the word uh, murdered, it's a legal term, put the word killed. <laughs> and Malcolm, they put the word killed. The NAACP and the Congress Racial Club, he kept the word murder in. And when the cop got off, he sued SNCC, uh, he sued CORE. And he knew the NAACP, but couldn't suit Malcolm. So Malcolm was very, very, very intelligent. And uh, Malcolm used to say that, uh, they say I'm a separatist. He said, but uh, I'm not a separatist. He said, it depends upon how you use words. He said, for example, America separated from Britain in 1776. They didn't call it an act of separation. They called it an act of independence. He said, so among all I'm calling for is independence of Africans all over the world. Malcolm is correct. We must have our independence where we depend upon no one but ourselves. You are saying it is not important whom we live next door to, but what we control. That's all. And when we control what we control, be no problem. We always say all the time, racism is not an attitude. It's a question of power. If a white man wants to lynch me, that's his problem. If he has power to lynch me, that's my problem. Indeed, that is a discussion that has been going on a lot recently. Congressman Gus Savage has said that it is impossible, in his view, for a black man to be a racist. No power. And he, he never explained it. Maybe you can. There's no power. There's no power. To be a racist, you must have power. That's why I laugh at them. You can have prejudice, but if it has no power involved, then you can't be a racist. How can you be? I said the white man, he can want to lynch me. If he can't lynch me, he can do whatever he wants to do. But if he has the power to lynch me, that's my problem. Go back to the telephone. Call it. It's your turn. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I like to uh, make. A, I, I got two statements I like to make. First make of all, the brother that that's that's uh, that's next to you, he's very intelligent. He's very sharp. Okay, the first statement I would like to say is that the Bush administration. Okay, when it comes to negotiations with um, Saddam Hussein over the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, it seems like there's no room for it. I mean, he won't even meet them halfway. So I'm trying to figure out why not. You know, because um, the Palestinians that was their land long before we all know. Okay. The, uh, those are European Jews that not that are not really Jews anyway. Okay, and what's your other they, statement? Huh? You said you had another statement? Yeah, okay, the other statement was um, you got a lot of black men and women over in the Persian Gulf that's willing to, to lay their life down, <clears throat> down for this country. But yet, a few months ago, uh, Bush vetoed the Civil Rights Bill. Now, only thing I'm saying is going to sound kind of crazy, but this is my philosophy because I'm kind of like a militant. And I want to hear the brother's comment on this. Okay, if they all just say, hey, we're not fighting, and say the hell with it, that will give the Bush administration and let them see how serious we are because this is a slap in the face to us. I mean, these guys are ready to lay down their life and die for this shit, this stinking country. Yet he's going to veto the Civil Rights Bill, and then just recently he turned around and... Okay, uh, gotcha. We, got, we, we, we understand your sentiment fairly accurately. Is uh, Claire, my brother, again, the error they're being made is that they think that we are stupid and we don't remember anything. So they think that we're stupid, but what's going to happen is that the consciousness is going to rise because this is a voluntary army. It's not a draft. And once they try back the draft, they'll be stopped. There's no question about that. And this is a voluntary army. We know there's not a voluntary army. Those brothers and sisters who are in there got no choice. They got to go in there. 
That's clear. So those brothers and sisters themselves are going to be the first ones who are going to have to question what they're doing there, why they're doing there. And if you go back to the history of the Vietnam War, you will see many Africans had much clash with white troops inside the U.S. Army, inside Vietnam. And that's one of the reasons why that war had to come quickly to a screeching halt. This process will develop quickly in the beginning of this war. So uh, those, those problems will develop. Our job now is to begin to tell all other brothers and sisters when they start sucking up them into the army that we're not going. And not only are we not going, but we're going to bring war to the streets of America. You do remember that after the First World War, returning veterans found conditions in black communities so horrible that they rioted. Every, every war. Time. Every war. World War I, the same thing in World War II, and the Vietnam War was cleared because at least we didn't wait for them to come back. We did it while they were there. And when these young men come back, they will be coming back to a country plagued by recession and other problems, which, of course, will be intensified in the black community. What do you think their response is going to be? Well, we know what their response is going to be. We've said that uh, there is, you know, people think that history repeats itself, but their response will be the resistance will be more qualified than it was in the 60s. In the 60s, they ended with burning the flag. This time, they start with burning the flag. Let's go back to the telephone. Caller, it's your turn. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, I wanted to address my question to, to your guest. I was a freedom rider and spent some time in the Mississippi State Penitentiary at Parchman at the time that um, SNCC was in its heyday. Um, the, one of the questions that was, uh, or issues that was raised by um, uh, Stokely Carmichael, as he was then called, was that the only place for women in SNCC was prone I just wonder if over these years that he has now uh, grown up, What's your he name? has another attitude about women. What's your name? My name is Shirley Smith. Shirley Smith. Well, Shirley Smith, I don't know who you are, but if you know anything about that statement, do you think that you judge a person on a phrase about a, a, a statement as powerful as, the, as a woman's movement? Oh, no. I just wanted to know. I'm, no, that's I what I'm asking. That's what you did. See, Why didn't you go and read? I change in your attitude well, let about me tell a lot you. of things, and I just would like to know where you are in your attitude toward women. Well, I'm giving you one. Why don't you go and read the dedication to the book Black Power? Did you ever read that one? No. Well, why don't you read that one? That phrase will tell you. That comment has never been made publicly. Can you show it to me where it's written or where I've publicly stated it? Can you show it to me? Can well, you can bring you it show me my on writing? the issue of where your attitude toward women? No, 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 no. We're talking about the statements you made. That's precise. Let us be precise. Do you have anywhere in any book I have written, any speech I have made, any public statement where that statement can be found? Or has it been told to you by others? That's the first question I ask you. No, it has been told to me by others who heard you make the statement. Right, good. So that means that if the statement was made, it was made only once. It was heard by a few, not a public statement. So even if I, were not, if I were not a revolutionary, I could deny it. I made the statement. The statement was made as a joke. Of course, you, if you say you were part of SNCC, would understand that in any organization, jokes can sometimes be brutal, even in war. If you go to war, the jokes that soldiers make, if you're not a soldier, can make you feel bad. And if you're an African, the jokes we tell about ourselves, if you're not African, try to make it, will get you. So that was a closed joke inside of SNCC, and only SNCC people could understand it. And if you could understand it, you would know it, because African men can oppress their women everywhere. But the one place we cannot oppress our women is on the front lines fighting for our struggle. If you look at the history of Africa, everywhere you will see women on the front lines, from Nzinga all the way down to Fanny Luhema to Asata Shaku. Women are always on the front lines. So this statement can only be a statement, obviously, not made for African women, made maybe for some other women, and if made for African women, obviously it had double-edged humor, because women are always on the front lines in our struggle, even though we oppress them everywhere. I don't know for other cultures, I just speak of my own. Are statements that you are alleged to have made privately because you're a public figure followed you throughout these past no. 22 years? This statement was picked up by the white women in SNCC who were put out of SNCC. 
when I was chairperson and then picked up by the FBI. So since that's all they got, let them have it, you know. <laughs> Let's go back to the telephone. Caller, you're up next. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Wait, Caller, please. go right please. ahead. Go right ahead, please. Hello? Hello, go right ahead. Uh, yes, I'd like to see um, Brother uh, Kwame Ture in a session with uh, Juan Williams. <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask um, uh, Kwame Ture uh, to please comment further on the fact that uh, General Colin Powell stated that the military is an excellent way for blacks to advance, and he used himself as an example. Thank you. Okay, let me say that Kwame Ture may not even be aware of who Juan Williams is. Juan Williams is a reporter for mm -hmm. the Washington Post who has taken civil rights leaders and black elected officials to task in many of his articles. I don't know if you want to deal with him, but let's mm -hmm. talk about Colin Powell. Uh, anyway, uh, I just figure that any African who gets a position on the journey, what, what does he write for? The Washington Post. On the Washington Post ought to know the only reason they're there is like Colin Powell, because of the blood of the mass of their people, and that position is not for them, it's for the people, and should be used not to criticize the people, but to criticize the system which their people have been fighting to put them in their position. If they don't understand that, then uh, really they betray the struggles and the blood of their people. Colin Powell has said that the military is an excellent way for a black person to advance. I cannot see how anyone can tell me that the best way for one to advance is by being a hired killer. Even I don't see why we have ROTC on campus. We fought to put it off. I don't, you mean to tell me the only way we can advance is by being killers and killers of the, 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 the enemies of American imperialism? Because who do we kill? We don't kill our enemies. Do we go to Azania, South Africa, and kill uh, the clerk? Do we kill the Ku Klux Klan? Do we kill racist policemen? No, we go and we kill Arabs who ain't doing nothing against us. We don't even know them. They've never done anything against us. So uh, it is clear here that Mr. Powell is a liar. Mr. Powell is a traitor to his people, and Mr. Powell is a traitor to humanity. And Mr. Powell accepts that position. That position was made again, and don't you ever forget it, because of Dr. Martin Luther King. If you love King, you can never love Powell. If Powell. you were... If you were in a position to advise someone who had attained the position of general in the U.S. Army and was offered the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, what would you have said? Blow it up. <laughs> the Pentagon? Blow it up. <laughs> Obviously, Kwame Ture has not changed in very many respects. I have has... changed, please. I'm more knowledgeable, I'm more experienced, and I'm more determined to destroy American imperialism. He is no more diplomatic than he has ever been. However, he has always been known to speak his mind, and to speak his mind openly and clearly, that is what he is doing tonight. Let's go back to the telephone. Caller, it's you. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hello. My name is Calvin Ruffin, too. I like to tell Mr. Ture that he is an incredible inspiration to me. He is, he's, he is the epitome of what we should all be aspiring to be. Okay, now... I'm a young, aspiring black filmmaker, and I like to just ask him, what, what should I be prepared to deal with as far as uh, racial blockades, et cetera? Okay, my sister Zodi, too, and Zinger are watching, so we're kind of happy to even have a chance to listen to him. So that's it. Okay, you're a filmmaker. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, you must understand that if you're a filmmaker, none of your films, if they're serious, will be put on television. That's the first thing. What do you think about Spike Lee, by Oh, I think he's just a filmmaker who makes money, that's all. Uh, uh, he tries, but, uh, you know, if you want to, 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 to give a message to the people, then you have to be serious, you have to do some serious study, understand some things, it's not spontaneous. Uh, and what happens is you end up doing worse things. In fact, when the films are properly analyzed, then you do with good things. You know, if you want your films to get on Hollywood, you can't give a line for the people, that's clear. You can't help your people and make money too. Not in the film. So if you're a real filmmaker, 
at this point in history, your films will not be popular. They will not be on the mass television, but the conscious element of your people will appreciate it. You will give inspiration to them and uh, push others forward. But if you're looking for popularity in this country, you will never get it by being honest or righteous or supporting just causes. Spontaneity is one of the mistakes we all made as young activists. Would you say that you would advise not only this young filmmaker, but other young activists to a, avoid being spontaneous they, and to understand their history? They must avoid it. That's the error that we spoke about of, uh, with all the best of intentions that Spike Lee has. Spontaneity will not adjust any cause. We need serious scientific organization and clear analysis of the obstacles in our path. Okay, let's go back to the telephone. Caller, it's you. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Uh, Mr. Ture, this is J.J. Johnson. I don't know if you remember me, but I first met you down at Jackson State. Um, I have two quick questions. First question I have to mention, in your, uh, the book you co-wrote, Black Power, you spoke on the colonialization that um, we as African Americans are going through. I wish you would comment on that. And second of all, how do you feel about the misrepresentation of the statements that you made, uh, I would say back in the 60s, about the black power and the Black Panther political party and things like that, and how the media has changed that all around and turned it so negative? Please, comment. Thank you. Thank you. All right, on your second question, remember the first one for me. I'm trying. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, second question about the uh, press media, the uh, capitalist press, of course, is an arm of the capitalist system, and it must preserve the system. Uh, therefore... It needs reformists, and reformists need the capitalist press. But I'm not a reformist. I'm a revolutionary. And, of course, when I first uh, entered serious struggle in Mississippi, there we couldn't use the press. The Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee could not use the press. Dr. King's organizations, they used the press because they were involved in mobilization. We were involved in serious organization. If the press man knew who we were, we would be killed, assassinated by the terrorist groups. So press was not an arm for us. I understand that the press is supposed to destroy uh, any uh, program that is trying to help bring our people together other than a reform program which paints America, look, makes her look nice, and keeps our people inside of her, politically speaking. So uh, we don't expect anything from the press, and when we come in contact with it, we fight it to use it, and of course when it comes in contact with us, it tries its best to destroy us. So we understand the nature of the struggle here. And since we're not reformists, we're in total struggle with the American capitalist press. Your first question. Are black people in America a colonized people? There's no question about it that we're a colonized people. Not only are we that, as a matter of fact, in the 60s, when we wrote that book, and the book is being republished, and I have just looked at it, which I still hold to the thesis of the book, we didn't even have neo-colonial structures, but today we even have neo-colonial structures to show how really colonial we are. We have Bantu stands everywhere with uh, neo-colonial puppets. We have mayors who have no power. <laughs> as a matter of fact, some of our mayors are more are fighting harder for Israel than they are for Azania, South Africa. This man, this governor here, they're so proud about this one who made the biggest one. Where is he now? In Israel. Where is Dinkins in New York? In Israel. What do they do for Azania, South Africa? Nothing. Okay, let's go back to the telephone caller. It's your turn, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Uh, yes, good evening, Kwame and Kocho. Uh, yeah, Kwame... Kind of late, so you try to make it brief. <laughs> yeah, I just realized we're all out of time. Um, there's, this been, there's been this argument with respect to nationalism and socialism, uh, one or the other, or both in combination. Uh, can you give me a brief speech as to, you know, whether or not you see a dichotomy, a dilemma, or, or what, what the story is there? How much time do we have to answer this question? About two minutes. All right. I'm sorry, we don't have time, but let me tell you. According to Marxism-Leninism, they see nationalism as uh, basically negative. Sekou Touré, that great son of Africa, correctly pointed out that when you go from a nation to a state, as was in the case of Europe, nationalism is dominantly negative. 
But when you go from a state to a nation, as in the case of Africa, Asia, the Caribbean, South and Central America, the colonized world, nationalism is a plus. We must understand the laws of dialectics. The first thing that Karl Marx teaches us about the law of dialectics is that everything is positive and negative at the same time, and in certain conditions, the negative can be dominant or the positive can be dominant, but something is never stagnant or all, dom or all negative. Anytime someone tells you that nationalism is always negative and dominantly negative at all times, they know nothing of dialectics. We have definitely shown, and you will see for yourself, all the struggles since the second uh, imperialist war, what they call World War II, which have battered imperialism, have all fought under national liberation struggles. All of them. One of the better known speeches of yours as Stokely Carmichael was your Free Huey speech back in 1968. How must you have felt when you heard of the death of Huey Newton? After all, you had been made an honorary leader of the Black Panther Party, and then you hear, while presumably in Conakry, that Huey Newton is dead, shot to death in a dispute with a drug dealer. No, Huey Newton was killed by the police. There's no question here. Huey Newton was killed by the police. There's no question here. And anyone who thinks differently is just not thinking and know nothing about politics and nothing of struggle in this country. When Huey Newton was charged with the killing of that, of that policeman, in every police chapter in this country, there are found racist organizations like the Aryan Brotherhood, the Ku Klux Klan. It makes sense. If you're a racist, be a policeman. You can shoot them. Justifiable homicide. You ain't got nothing to worry about. And the police told us then that if it takes them 25 years, they're going to kill Huey Newton. They told us that. They killed Huey Newton. The police killed Huey Newton. Nobody else killed him except the police. Okay, we have time for one more telephone call. We have about one minute left. Caller, please make it quick. Hello? What role does culture play in the liberation of black people, and is it time for black people to make their exodus to the continent? Thank you. Culture plays a crucial role, and unless we understand it, we get confused. Let me give you an example. Since the 70s, they were talking about gay and lesbian liberation. And people come to us in our All-African People's Revolutionary Party all the time and say, you know we have this problem. This is not our problem. This is not our problem. And some say, you're a macho. We tell them, get out of here. In the white community, homosexuality is not accepted. They're intolerant. They bash in their brains. But I've been all over the African world. And I've never seen anybody bash in the brain of any homosexual in the African world. We are not intolerant of homosexuality. Therefore, this is not a problem in our culture. It is a problem for European culture. We should not let other cultures impose their problems upon us. Therefore, culture is extremely important. Your ideology comes from your culture. That's why we are in Krumis to raise in two minutes. And that's why he is who he is, Kwame Toure. Thank you all for joining us. Have a pleasant evening. I'll see you tomorrow. Black man, go on and get a catch scan. I had chained rap too straight, too tight. We get a backhand, there ain't no Batman in this black land. I wish a rich nigga would come and save the day and pave the way. Ain't no amazing grace. I blaze the haze to remain the faith. Twenty years for my medicine, but they wanna throw me away for that. Then turn around and legalize it. I wish being black was truly accepted. Four hundred year elephant in the room. This ain't a new deal. They've been treating us like animals. We in a zoo still. So let me tell you how I feel. Guilty. 
times it's Trump's common sense every day, y'all. Ignore the issues, look at the victim like it's their fault. As if a wagon ain't harassing, waiting for jaywalkers in front of the building, minding your business. News trying to pay your bills as if that wasn't to mention. Conjunction, junction, tell me what's your intention. Don't call him king, then treat him like some common folk. You a fighter like Ronda Rose. Rousey move around the rope. Drowsy with a cloud of smoke. How'd he do for Maui, bro? Traveling around the globe, you didn't know, but now you know. Early morning risings, my end of a long kick in. Birdman hand rubs, feeling my palms itching. I need a spiritual thought with top that's top notch. We watch Black Power Docs and study our chakras. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. And we gon' cop a ticket and fly on out of here, fly on out. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. Oh dear black man, tell me what happened You can't be low when your glow's everlasting Him with your aspen, on aspen like a has-been Raising the trap when the gods talk math and moves with a max 10 Not that nigga back then, but look now nigga I'm established, cut camera action I cut lines with my sad card, my bitch is packing Then I'm cutting in line with a bad boy, they caught him flagging Then huddle around him with a stat chart, look You stay awake up feeling better than I I ever been. Check out my melanin, it's now the makeup for the mannequin That wants to be the same as the slave on the sedative You kill culture, I give knowledge, I spit stylish Crane kicks and Balenciagas and speaking science And bodegas that grow flavors was taught language Was taught to talk with the razor from having Spanish neighbors I fought the haters, court cases and lost paper Educated killers walking, no ladies cross the street Turn back around, walk across and sell hard to a fee No turning back now, rent due and your kids got to eat, yeah Black man rooted deep with the blood of a king, yeah Black man roses arose from the cold concrete I eat, walk, talk, gritty Snitches get buck fifty One slice buck fifty Both get cut quickly Until they free Goldie Nobody can fuck Talk with me Oh, child Don't you ever Come, come down You acting like the sun ain't out So we gon' cop a ticket And fly on out of here Fly on out Oh, child don't you ever come, come down You actin' like the sun ain't out Black became beautiful, then made America great again. See the page of history or see the grave and hate again. I'm from New York, the last state to free the slaves, and now we getting to the point where they rebooting Martin Payne in them. Black man, switch it up, just to be versatile. Why you always mean mugging? Man, it never hurts to smile. Make a record, break a record, get the record straight. I'm just trying to get it going, I'm trying to accelerate. Life alert. Welcome to my world, live and living color, stay low, word to J-Lo, out here with my fly girl, black man, black man, they give you whack answers, they robbing you with Batman, they give you Black Panther, when all our people dying, they think that we need a movie, but the box office don't break off the descendants of Huey, think about it, I'm cooler than a Coca-Cola polar bear, hold up, roll up something potent right before we go in there, maroon custom support that shit that touches the streets, puffing a leaf on a corner that gave me nothing but grief, don't come around my way if your whole message is how much you got if you ain't got no fucking shot then don't touch the fucking rock lucy still 50 cent cool what kind of blunts you got you can lock a few niggas for hustling 
but nothing stops The judge just makes a hero And a young black boy lose their fucking pops And go on a robbing spree like fuck the ops Phone out of battery, black mirror, word the Windex King of the table of contents, human index I handle everything myself, the one man quintet Let's take it where it hasn't been yet Dear black man Worth life One take No one, one of them. 
before the shit start. Before it get dark, before they hit you with the pitchfork. Better crib walk, crib walk. This is real talk. Smoke push and push, then we peel off. Niggas still running with the wheels off. Always looking out for the crisscross. I'm a bigger boss than Rick Ross. Always winning, nigga get lost. It's the warlord, bring the voodoo. When I bail through, it's crazy like Bellevue. What they tell you, leave that boy alone, like home alone. Fuck a skull and bone, arrest the president. You got the evidence, that nigga is Russian intelligence. When it rains, it pours. Did you know the new white was orange? Boy, you're showing your horns. They trying to replace my halo with thorns. You so basic with your bait sticks. Let's go ape shit in the matrix. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I took back my eyes and all black tonight. That's right, some niggas gotta sacrifice. Not a criminal. No, I'm a seminal. Yeah. I was free once. Now I'm clinical. You so technical. This was Mexico. Now everywhere I go is owned by Texico. Fuck them. Fuck them and the rest of you. Yeah. I turn a room to a backpopper. I'm a roll with the aliens. Man, fuck these homo sapiens. They don't really want to make friends. All they want is a Mercedes Benz. All they want is they dividends and decibels. Fuck these citizens. They'll treat us like hooligans. Throw him in. They don't care what's fully in. These people don't play fair. It ain't even fair at the state fair. Give a young nigga gray hair. That's why I'm here. Make your ass lay there. You better stay there. Close your fucking eyes like a daycare. Make myself clearer than Shakespeare. I'm here to take money, even fake hair. So desperate is what I'm left with. For the record, you affected. Who you elected? It's so septic, so full of shit. I can't accept it. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I reside on the west side. I murder with my third eye. Nigga so fly, get a bird's eye. I make him scream bloody murder. Let's meet at the White House. Run in and turn the lights out. Man, they treat it like a trap house. These motherfuckers never take the trash out. They just cash out and mash out. Nigga, take your drugs and pass out. Niggas love to go that fast route. I see you when your black ass get out. Homie, you play too much. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. Why they steady planning? God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones, trying to reach millions. Real ones, trying to make billions. Real ones, dressed like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. 
musical You're in a Milan Dig out me go In a Milan Digging out me pearl In a Milan Dig out me diamond We have a fight, 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 fight Yes, apartheid
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.